0: It's time we put the San Antonio back in San Antonio sports talk. Wrapping
1: up the weekend local sports and getting y'all ready for the weekend. This is the Friday Night Takeover. Here are your hosts, Rudy Campos Jr., Orlando
0: Torres, and Joe Garcia. I'm not gonna lie, this show is gonna be a doozy for you. We've got Brandon coming up with his high school sports segment. He goes and dives into basically the revival of West Campus Athletics. I has an interview with their head coach. Also, we're going to get into some Chonkwa talk because they were the hottest team in the league for ah, at least the weekend at the home opener. Uh, they did sweep, I uh, believe, I got to get the team name on that, but they did have a sweep on now, uh, their Arcadian home cutters. opener. Arcadian Cutters. Cutters, yes. Thank you, Jonas. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, also getting into the SAFC talk. Uh, they're wrapping up for play. Fans in the stands. I mean... I've seen some events that don't have fans at all. We're seeing Little League where they have the parents in. We're going to get some opinions of our panels. We always do. Go around the horn and see what they feel about fans in the stands. TBT, you asked what that is. If you don't follow it, I'm going to tell you right now. The basketball tournament. The first actual live basketball we've seen here in the state since this pandemic has been going on. Uh, Very interesting. Very interesting rules that they have regarding COVID-19. And hey, it's a one and done. And guess what? One team just didn't even get to play the game before they got eliminated. Also, we're going to get into some campus visit. Uh, this, this week's verse is going to be the St. Mary's University. They have their Hall of Fame class coming out. Of course, we're talking Spurs. Jakob Perdo drawing some attention for the Spurs because of his comments and the importance of the latest Spurs, Tyler Zeller. Is he going to make that much of a difference? Uh, you know, probably know my opinion, but we'll get the opinion of others here on the panel as well. This is the Friday night takeover. We are taking over your Friday as always. Guys, it's week three. You know, how are y'all feeling? I mean, we've uh, the biggest thing I see is that we're three weeks in to our show. We've got a lot of momentum going. I love it. Y'all love it. I'm sure a lot of the fans love it. But what's been going on from last Friday to now? Joe, what do you got going on, man? Anything coming up uh, in your world? I know you were barbecuing last week for Fourth of July. So any plans for this weekend?
2: Yeah, I was barbecuing last uh, 4th of July, helped my uh, my dad out because he had a, a leak, so we did some digging and some, some pipe repair in his front yard. Uh, this coming week, uh, got vacation on the mind, man. Uh, hopefully we can still go, you know, nothing changes. We plan on staying in a condo, practicing social distancing over in Corpus Christi and just maybe sticking to the beach, coming back to the condo, kind of limiting the places that we go, but... I haven't really gone anywhere with the family since this whole thing broke out. So definitely looking forward to getting out and, you know, enjoying the outdoors.
0: (laughs) Oh, definitely. I think the beach is a popular place to go. I mean, we still see people going to the beach. I had a couple of friends go last week and two weeks ago, and I I thought the beaches were closed. But apparently, I guess they're still open or parts of them are still open. So just let us know, man. I don't know. I'd like to go to the beach. You know, I'm not an outdoors guy. I don't really like the outdoors too much, but with the beach, my little girl does, so I'd love to go, you know, build a sandcastle as always. Just I don't want really to deal with the, uh, the a 100 and 110 degree weather that we've got right now. So, um, <laughs> or, yeah, Orlando, uh, what's your plans I mean you got something going on for this weekend? You actually got, I know you're a big fight guy. I mean, there was a recent fight too. So, I mean, you've got anything going on fight wise or
1: anything?
3: Yeah. Uh, Saturday, uh, UFC 251 over at Fight Island, the de- de- debut of Fight Island. So, uh, I'll be uh, do- doing some of the prelims for uh, UFC 251, uh, getting ready for that card with the fan-sided MMA and the all-access MMA, and it's gonna be an exciting card. Um, the main event, something to get excited about. Um, it's kind of rare where you see the, you know, an original main event fall through the cracks, but. Uh, then get replaced with the guy to make it more exciting than what it's supposed to be Six days on six days' notice on top of that. So uh, it's been great and definitely looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, awesome, man. I'm pretty excited for that too. I don't follow – everybody knows I don't really follow a lot of USC, but something like this is going to really pique my interest too. So I'm excited for that. Jonas, man, you, uh, you're you probably like the beer aficionado of the group here. So what do you got going on? Is this just another – weekend of uh solo parties and stuff playing solo red cup and everything <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: solo
4: for sure man solo for sure um you know it's been a good last week uh you know i had a a piece i wrote out uh wrote monday night should be coming out today today being thursday uh on the project spurs network um about three austin spurs players that should be um you know candidates for the team to offer two-way contracts to quindary weatherspoon was a two-way last year uh that will be up at the end of this year drew eubanks was the other two-way of course teams only have two two two-way contracts so with both of those contracts coming up who are those two players uh one of them got a lot of attention on spurs twitter on tuesday so i um Really think that uh you know there's gonna be a lot of interest on this story. Uh, one Dalton Hamas. Um if you know me, you probably know one of the other names, and I think there's a, a good sleeper in there too. So look for that on Project Spurs, probably coming out today. Uh otherwise, guys, it's been watching Premier League Soccer. Uh come on, City, let's go, guys. We're not really here. Uh they just kicked some ass. They kicked some ass uh just yesterday. Um against newcastle uh i think it was a five nil uh match you know uh if, if you have been following sports at all premier league soccer one of the first sports to really uh get it going and coming back i think they're going to set the uh the pace for safc you know which we're going to talk about here later on the show mls which just got started the other day um and i really hope that if we do get broadcasts uh of these you know um united states you know american soccer Um, uh, teams and clubs and everything that we could get the crowd noise like they're doing over there it's phenomenal you know they do the tight shots on the field you feel like there's still a crowd there they just don't pan to it It, it's a great time um so got that going on and man you know just hanging in there i'm looking forward to fight uh fight island this weekend that's for sure that's a pay-per-view that's happening
0: Oh, yeah. I think, like I said, you know, my, my interest hasn't been UFC a whole lot. I I was part of the uh, – I'm part of the old man group when it comes to UFC because when I watched it, it was called the ultimate uh, – I mean, it was the ultimate fighting championship of UFC. But it was like where it was in a bigger cage. It wasn't necessarily an octagon. But we're talking the lights of uh, the first champion was Royce Gracie. I mean, I, I love following Royce Gracie a young Ken Shamrock, Dan DeBeast over in a tank habit, you know, these original guys that brought it up, you know, and, you know, back then it was, you know, it wasn't like now it was pretty intense back then. I mean, you could, it was free for all. I mean, it was, you can do whatever you want, no DQ. So kicking yeah. a guy in the nuts was like, okay, you know, sorry, hey. my bad, but it, it happened. And, uh, just watching, and this is the thing, man. Back then, this is where I fell in love with that original part of the UFC. is because you had to have, what, I think it was three or four fights in one night. It wasn't, you know, you get one fight, you're done for four months. It was a tournament. It was a tournament style. So you literally had to win, I think it was three or four fights, and you were crowned the ultimate fighter championship champion for that tournament. So... I You know, I want to before we get into this stuff, um, I want to pose a question real quick to Orlando, because is that anything that you could ever see happening again? Or that's just too hardcore and it will never happen again where you've got, you know, like eight fighters fighting one night in a tournament style. And I go live man, seeing Royce Gracie at the end of the night hoisting the belt was great, but you could tell that his body was just. Tore up. I mean, is that something you see? Whatever happened? Maybe Dana White had a crazy hair up his ass.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, sadly, no, I don't think so. I, I grew up watching those fights too. remember where like Tony alice and those boxing guys were considered like barbaric and like calling it, you know, stuff like only skinheads would watch and, you know, comments like that. But, you know, watching the days of like Wanderlei Silva and Pride where soccer kicks to the head were allowed. Um, I don't see that happening in today's uh, MMA. You see a lot of fighters now clamoring for more money. Uh, not only that, I think you see the health. You know, fighters then, Ken Shamrock, some of those guys, damn And You see, look look at the fighters now. Max Holloway, for example, he's been fighting in the, in the UFC since he was 20 years old. He's about to be 29. He's 28, going on 29. That's a long time in a UFC. It's kind of compared to like a running back in the NFL. You kind of just don't see that happen all the time. A lot of times fighters have a good two to five-year stretch, you will see some of those guys like Holloway, Anderson Silva, some of the Gracies, where John Jones, where they just have the long run. But it's mm-hmm. not very consistent. Uh, a lot of fighters, you know, Ronda Rousey, they'll have their time and they just drop off. And that's just the nature of the game. So to see fighters, you know, have those many fights in the night, I, I, I don't see that. But I do some of, watch some of those old fights uh, still. Just You were right about, you know, just just the way, how barbaric it was, the way it used to be.
2: And they also used to use shoes, or they had boots on back then.
3: They used to. That was before uh, Dana and everybody else took over. But I, you know, I like it now with, without shoes. But uh, yeah, you know, kind of you see people dressed up in, you know, just the uh, judo gear. People just dressed up like if you're just going to a regular street fight. So uh, it, it is interesting to see, you know, the way the or the league started off and where how far it's come actually today. Nice.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I'm thinking that I would like to see that. I definitely would like to see that happen again one day. But you're right. I mean, there's so many safety issues and all that stuff that's probably going to happen. So there's no way to do it. But hey, you know, speaking of safety, we've been talking about safety. Pretty much every single show. And, you know, one of our main concerns is the high school uh, football going around for San Antonio. You know, the the year starting, maybe we will start later. we will start on time. Uh, We just got recently noticed that I believe July 13th they will start allowing uh, teams to practice again. So that's a good sign, a good thing. That is is perfect. So no further ado, man. You know, strike up that marching band. We got to get into some talk with Brandon here because he's got a very special – special segment right coming up right now he talked to the head coach of west campus and for those of y'all let me get joe real quick for a quick minute here joe give us a little bit of background on the whole west campus situation because it seems pretty exciting that the uh athletics are coming back to it
2: yeah it was uh, i'm a west campus alumni i graduated from there many 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 moons ago as did uh our good friend b demone uh we grew up in that neighborhood over by ray ellison and for those who didn't know, West Campus was an instrumental part with the of the community because a lot of people around there uh, were reliant on the bus and West Campus was close enough to where you could actually walk to school and walk home from school so you didn't have to really take the bus, you know, which was a big plus for everybody. Um, and not only that, but it was one of the few high schools that was around that community over in the southwest side of town by Ray Ellison, Five Palms. You know, the other school that was next to it was a middle school, which was Allen B. Shepherd Middle School. Mm-hmm. And then just a, a ways down the road there, you had Neil A. Armstrong uh, Elementary. And then you had, um, I forgot the name of the other elementary school that they had out there. It was Five Palms Elementary is what it was called. And, you know, you either went to one of those schools if you lived in that neighborhood. And then you always went to high school at West Campus. But there was a big, uh, big storm tropical storm. Uh, I believe it was in like o three o four, And that actually flooded the school. And the school mm-hmm. wasn't being utilized. and it was at that time. But what happened is that this happened, I believe it was during the summertime. And since the school just got flooded and there was low attendance and not a lot of, uh, let's say, students were in that school, they decided to shut it down and then not just uh, transfer everybody over to South Sand. So Between 03-04 era all the way up until about a year ago, they had been without a high school in that area. So now West Campus is coming back slowly, but surely means a lot to the people in that community, Uh, especially the football program. We all went to the games. There was a rivalry between West Campus and South Sand, you know. So it's good to see all these uh, these kids in that area getting that opportunity to play uh, West Campus, you know, football once again. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's it means a lot, you know, and I know once they have their first game, I'm going to be there and check it out, you know, but one of the things that I have to know is I must know if they still have the amazing basketball court. I haven't been to the school in quite some time, and me and B. DeMone were talking, and we might want to go out there and check out and see if they st- if they did anything to that amazing basketball court. It was one of the best in the city, so... I I got to check it out for myself. But without further ado, we do have B. -B uh, Demone's exclusive first interview, should I say, with uh, West Campus High School uh, football coach, Leandro Gonzalez. So we'll go ahead and uh, play that for you guys.
5: Let's
1: do it. Your boy, B. Demone and I am back again on Friday Night Takeover. Tonight, we have got a very special guest who I hold near and dear to my heart because he's the new head coach at my alma mater. South Sand, West Campus. We have Coach Leandro Gonzalez. How are you doing, uh, Coach? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Excited to be here. That's that's for a fact, right there. Thank you so much for your time, and I'm happy you got the job. <laughs>
5: you and me both, brother.
1: <laughs> Man, so um, so if you could, could you give the fans? I know that uh, you came from Kennedy. Um, right. Uh, can you give the fans a little bit of, of a little bit of your background?
5: Without a doubt. So uh, originally started off my, my career at, at Pearsall, Texas, uh, Pearsall okay. High School. Uh, started out there. From there, I went to uh, Highlands High School here in San Antonio on the southeast side. Um, from Highlands, ended up going back to Pearsall as a defensive coordinator uh, for about a year, and then I, I came to to O'Connor High School. Uh, from O'Connor to Brandeis. Uh, Brandeis to Kennedy. Uh Kennedy's a place that I hold dear to my heart because I graduated from Kennedy. So uh, you know, awesome. it's kind of coming for me to go back and, and be the defense coordinator there for a couple years, and and uh, now here I am.
1: Awesome, awesome. So getting accepting the job at West Campus. Um, what what are some of the what are some of the things that we can expect from the football program? Is it starting off? with, uh, are they going to have to build the classes up? Is it just freshmen and we're going to, it's going to be a couple years or is it going to be a, a case where kids can transfer to the school or does that school being back now allow you to pull from
5: like South to Southwest and kids from South sin Yeah. So from my understanding, uh, you know, they kind of opened up and had basically what, what I would call like a soft opening last year with, without, you know, having every program available to kids. So they started off with with a few kids last year uh, that are in turn going to be sophomores this year. Uh, But the entire incoming freshman class from Shepherd will be coming to West Campus. And uh, from my understanding, anybody that's zoned to go to West Campus will be coming to West Campus. So, you know, it's going to be basically a a building process, a a two or three year building process that we're going to have to go through. Uh, you know, maybe starting off with just just freshman football this year, uh, possibly a JV football team, if we mm-hmm. can get the numbers up. And then by year three, we're hoping to go you know full blow with our with our varsity football team.
1: Well, awesome, man! That's that's definitely incredible. I'm I'm very excited. I will be there for freshman football. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, I graduated from from West West Campus in class of uh, 2002 uh at that time it was coach bill vickers who who was the uh uh coach coach for the for the team there so um uh, then after I graduated you know the flood and everything at the school and uh, and then they shut it down and i'm glad I'm glad that it's opened back up now and um what are what are some of your visions that you have for the team as far as i know we're getting ahead but um, if there was a style of offense or play, um, what is it that you have envisioned for the, for the team to look like when they hit the field?
5: Well, the, the biggest thing is you know not getting into any specific details as far as you know type of offense and, and that kind of stuff. Um, right, right. You know we're gonna we're gonna kind of wait and see what we got there uh, to develop that stuff. But you know one thing that you're gonna see is you're gonna see you know effort and enthusiasm. And that, that's the two things that we're going to build our program on is, is effort and enthusiasm uh, going out and attacking every single thing that we do uh, from start to finish, every single snap, every single play, uh, you know, even in and out of, of the football, you know, aspect and, and football field. We're just going to make sure that every single thing we do is attacked the same way we attack it on Friday nights, just making sure that that focus is there. Every single snap, every single footstep, with everything that we do, and that's you know the main thing that we're going to build ourselves on and pride ourselves on.
1: And that sounds awesome. Once again, this has been B Demone with your high school segment for Friday Night Takeover. Uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter and follow Coach. Uh, what's what's your Twitter handle, Coach?
5: So I got at uh, Coach Gonzalez eleven, and then we got the the West Campus Football. Twitter, which is at W underscore C uh, football. And you can follow both of those and, and get all your
1: latest updates. All right, make sure y'all do that. This has been B. DeMone from Along the Wire. Hook them, birds up, 210. We are out.
0: Yeah, that was B. DeMone with the fantastic interview with West Campus's uh, football coach, Leandro Gonzalez. You know, real quick for those of y'all that didn't really catch it, uh, you can follow Leandro Gonzalez, head coach for West Campus, uh, on Twitter. It's at Coach 11 You can also follow the uh, I believe it's the Bobcats, right? West Campus Bobcats uh, football team at W underscore C football. Those are both on Twitter. So, you know, guys, it was a uh, it was a terrific uh, interview by Brandon. And you know, before we forget, uh, Brandon's actually going to release uh, the interview on his Twitter page, which is at BDamon. Uh, should be, I think this Saturday he'll be releasing uh, the interview. He had a little bit more time to spend with coach uh, Gonzalez. So definitely y'all want to check that out on there. But, you know, Joe being that you're a graduate of West campus, you know, as Brandon is too. I mean, how excited were you to hear coach Gonzalez talking about uh football team bringing, you know, effort and enthusiasm from his players back to the field. I mean, having every practice as if it was a real game situation.
2: He made me uh, get excited. Like he fired me up i was like i'm ready to suit up put me in coach you know me and yeah. me and b demone were <laughs> were saying the same thing and i'm like bro neither one of us man because we're big boys we can't even make one lap you know? <laughs> i said if i show you my three-point stance i don't know if i'll be able to get up anymore and he started laughing at me because yeah we've gotten old already but yeah the coach inspires you man he, he gets you fired up it's exciting you know you can feel his enthusiasm just by what he was saying and he make you, it makes you want to suit up and play for him, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. man. you know, it reminded me of the uh, interview that I did with gun uh, gunslinger's head coach recently, just fire and passion. And that's what I love from these new coaches is that, you know, and not only that, you throw on top of everything that you're not able to practice right away. And you're just salivating at the mouth to get back on that field, to get with your players, get them ready for battle. I mean, it's just, a lot of enthusiasm. Orlando, I mean, like we've always like we've said before, you passed through uh, some of the practices when they were going on in high school uh, before they shut him down again for the second time. You know, did that kind of did that coach get you uh, motivated for some Friday night football coming up?
3: Yeah, no, he did, especially the way he talked about, you know, just taking it day by day, year by year, kind of just not hitting it full speed. Mm-hmm. Taking it year by year by trying to get to year three, getting ready, you know, from freshman football all the way to hopefully having a varsity team. Like he's really thinking about it long term, not just like what are we going to do right now long term. And that alone fires me up. And I, I, that should fire up the community as well.
0: Yeah. And, you know, going to Jonas here for uh, our next reaction uh, from the interview from Bita Moon for Landry Gonzalez uh, with Landry Gonzalez over from West Campus, the head coach. Uh, for the football team, it's kind of a, you know, and I, and I go to you for this question because it kind of reverts back to the uh, San Antonio commanders what we had here. Uh, they're the most recent team uh, that has literally played in San Antonio. So going with that concept, you know, and then hearing from coach Gonzalez, like um, uh, Orlando just mentioned, you know, getting ready for varsity football, th- what the coach is stressing is you got to start with freshman football. So you kind of got to start from the ground up and build that program that's obviously something similar to what we've seen as far as the commanders go. You, you got a new, you've got a new football team coming up. You got to build up from the ground. Same thing with the gunslingers coming in. They're having tryouts here uh, pretty soon in the next month or two. So, you know, is that just added excitement knowing that you're, you're seeing something built from the ground up, hoping to make it like a title team or a contender year in, year out as a coach, really? I mean, is that really exciting? If you were the head coach, how excited would you be to know, Hey, I've got this entire, you know, thing at my disposal. I'm going to make the best of it. So give us your thoughts, man. I mean, I'm sure the excitement level is like really, really high for a coach uh, that's just getting ready to get started.
4: A hundred percent, Rudy. You know, um, one of the big things that I think the approach is really important, you know, in Orlando, you just spoke on it about the two to three year process or so starting out with freshmen. Um, These are. Look, they're bringing in a lot of students, you know, through the zoning process, uh, bringing the kids over from Shepherd. Uh, you've got to get them to buy in to the Bobcats, right? Then you've got to get them to buy into you as a coach. Uh, if sports is nothing but indoctrination, if if anything else, right? Because you're asked as a coach, you're asking your players to go out there and execute a game plan that you trust, that they trust you to have put together an effective enough game plan to put them in a position to win that game. So you got, I, I don't know what Shepard's, uh, you know, mascot is. I, w- I would rely on you guys for, for maybe information like that. But he uh, was just
2: named after the, one of the guys who went to the moon uh, alongside Neil A. Armstrong.
4: Right. Mm-hmm. But, but as in, you know, are they the Bobcats? Are they the yeah. tigers? Something like that. Right. So I don't know who they are, but you know, if it's the same thing with anything, that's high school pride right there. And so you're taking these kids as freshmen who don't have, you know, they're joining a brand new school in West Campus again because it is it hasn't been there, and you want them to buy in. Same thing, like you said with the Commanders, It is a new league, a new coach, a new everything, and you're trying to get them to buy into a new opportunity. So you're starting at this really uh, intense level uh, of, you know, that first couple years, and by the time these guys, these freshmen our juniors and seniors and going out there and putting you know putting it all on the line for Coach Gonzalez uh, mm-hmm. I just from hearing him and, and you know we've all kind of touched on it on how just he, he, he gets you going. he makes you want to go out there and and just from hearing him, you know want to go out there and compete for him or want to go out there and support him. Joe, if there's one guy that I, that, that can get you down into an effective three-point stance today, coach gonzalez looks the part he speaks the part like everything makes you want to go go out and run through a brick wall uh for that guy for him you know and uh, as a guy who you know look i come from ohio uh, northern ohio at that i don't know high school football in, in texas to you know like like much i know the major programs you know and i and i know some of the major players that come out but i don't have an affiliate down here but as with most other things, when you get to hear a coach speak, especially with that kind of passion, guys, I'm pulling for West Campus. Like, like Beatemone said, you know, I'm gonna, I, I want to go out and watch freshman football, not varsity. You know, I want to take my Saturdays and go out and watch some freshman football because what you're gonna see from these guys is as Coach Gonzalez works with them, these young men. I think it's going to be really special to enjoy that process as it builds. Over these next couple of years, look out when they become a varsity team, man. Yeah, and
2: Shepherd oh, yeah, is actually – sure. their mascot is a Cougar.
4: The cougars so they're going from Cougars to Bobcats. No, but it's, they're,
2: they're Cougars right now is what Shepherd is. They're the Shepherd right. Cougars.
4: Right. But West Campus, we're talking, are becoming the Bobcats, right?
2: No, West Campus Cougars.
4: West Campus Cougars. Okay, oh, there you go.
2: Cougars.
0: I thought it was Bobcats. I don't yeah,
2: know why same. I thought it was bobcats. It's South Sand that are Bobcats. West Campus, uh, oh, we have a Cougar okay. on the top uh, of our school. Okay. You okay. know, it's a cement cougar. Even we used to have a taxidermy cougar when you walked in through the main entrance, <laughs> he was in glass and everything, kind of snarling there. Uh, he, he was quite old, dude, so he had seen better days. <laughs> well, then,
4: my uh, apologies to West Campus for calling yeah, them Bobcats here. this entire time. But I could have sworn
0: it was Bobcats. The,
4: the, the point, the, the real heart of the point is you know, you're getting these guys to buy into a new school um new coaches and it's a new process there's going to be new teammates from you know that they're not used to because of the rezoning um and all that these kids are going to come up together they're going to fight for one another um and like i said by the time we get to you know some varsity football over there in west campus look out because it's going to be uh it's going to be something he brings an amazing pedigree guys an amazing pedigree
0: yeah for sure for sure i'm excited. You know, before we go to commercial break right here, I did want to make mention, you know, what's exciting is seeing the uh, head football coaches for some of the teams. Now, we're starting to see a younger generation come up to be head coaches. So, yes, it's fresh ideas. You know, these guys are, you know, I mean, they're coming fresh out of, you know, the coaches rank rankings and, you know, to make transition of it, you know, look at guys like Sean McVay and you know, other guys up and you know, even, I mean, Kyle Shanahan's still relatively young too. Guys that worked their way to the coaching rankings, becoming some of the best coaches in the league right now uh, in the NFL. We're seeing the same thing in high school. We're going to start seeing uh, probably an abundance of youth coming up from the coaching ranks. That's tremendous. I think a lot of players tend to, they tend to get you to get into more, get to that player uh, players coach, you know, basically, because they, uh, they can kind of, you know, kind of just, you know, get, get each other. Basically. I mean, they, they know the styles, and it's not the old-school football style. They're bringing a fresh take to the game as well. So we'll, we're looking to see hopefully a lot more younger coaches coming up into the coaching ranks We come head coaches. Uh, Leandro Gonzalez, we offer you the best of luck here from the Friday Night Takeover on your season. Again, this is the Friday Night Takeover with Rudy Campos Jr., Joe Garcia, Jonas Clark Orlando Torres, taking over your Friday night each and every Friday night. Real quick, before you go to commercial, Spotify, if you follow podcasts, you know, anywhere, Spotify, Anchor, wherever, look for the uh, Friday Night Takeover. Follow us on there. Get your alerts, your updates. If you've already missed week one and week two, you've missed a whole lot. So go back, take a listen to week one, week two. It's the second edition, basically, because I told you the first editions are worth more. But you can always go back. listen to the second edition. You will find them on all major podcasts, platforms out there. Just search for the Friday Night Takeover. We'll be right back.
4: You're listening to the Friday Night Takeover, streaming live and on demand via Friday Night Takeover on Facebook and YouTube or at Puro Sports SA on Twitter and Twitch. Gotta go off video? Go to FridayNightTakeover.com on your PC or mobile device for an audio-only streaming experience. Catch the show on demand next day on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Welcome back to the Friday Night Takeover. Rudy Campos Jr., Joe Garcia, Orlando Torres, and Jonas Clark. I don't say that as a big side, Jonas. I just say, you know, you are the celebrity of the group. So I just Uh want to leave you last all the time. So uh, you've had close – you know, you've had good relationships with people on air. So that's more than I've had. And Joe has it too. But you rubbed elbows with the guys. So that's why I consider you the celebrity. Not because you're from Ohio because – Nothing really is popular in Ohio, at least North Ohio, from what I understand. I mean, hey, now. (laughs) (laughs) I always, I always bless your chops, man. But yeah, we are the Friday Night Takeover, taking over your Friday nights, each and every Friday night. This is the uh, week three edition of the Friday Night Takeover. We got off the talking about high school sports, you know, with Brandon Demone. He gave a, uh, he got Leandro Gonzalez on the on the phone, basically. Talking to him again, just FYI, he talked to him a little bit more than what we had shown. Uh, it's a really longer, it's a longer interview, so you can catch that on Brendan Demone's uh, Twitter page at B Demone. Talking to uh, Leandro Gonzalez, head coach of West Campus Cougars, not Bobcats. Cougars, so we'll be sure to correct that as well. But and a Cougars. great interview. Yeah, great, great interview. But you know, something that you know we worry about with West Campus and all the other local schools in town. Uh, Even the colleges, UTSA and stuff, UIW and St. Mary's, is, are people actually going to go to these games? And, you know, before we get into this topic here, uh, our Twitter poll question, basically, you know, on Twitter, go out there and vote. You're going to get relatively two answers, two simple answers. Tickets are available for these games. Are you going to buy these tickets, you know, knowing that? It still may be safe or it may not be safe out there. We still don't know. But, hey, if it starts to become a little bit safer, I'm one that, hey, if it's becoming safer, I will travel to Houston to go watch my San Francisco Giants play the Astros in August. I mean, are you out there wanting to purchase tickets ahead of time, knowing that, hey, it's worth going to, it may not be worth going to? It's all up to you. Go on to the Twitter poll. It's going to be at Boodle Sports, I say, on Twitter. Vote there. I believe your two choices are going to are two choices are hell. Yes, or hell. No. So Wrap for me, it's a hell. Yes. O'clock. I'm sorry.
4: That, that poll's going to close at seven o'clock here tonight. So uh, seven o'clock.
0: Yeah. So get your, uh, get your, uh, get your uh, votes in there as well. For me, I vote yes. Cause I'm, I'm always up for attending this sporting event. So we'll be glad to see what you guys are voting out there. But again, fans in the stands, you know, the Choclas are trying to do something here. They're giving away a free jersey for, I'm not, I don't know if it's all fans or just a certain, uh, the first few fans coming to the stadium, but the Choclas are giving away a jersey and there's really no details on it right now. Um, normally it's like the first 5,000 fans or so, but you know, Jonas, I'm going to go to you first on this because. You know, the Little Leagues have their parents there, obviously. Uh, they don't really allow family other than the immediate parents there, or immediate family, really, to be there. You're seeing SAFC possibly considering bringing fans back. I mean, we've got word that pretty much that the uh, Texas State Fair was canceled. So what does that do to the Red River rivalry? I have to say that real slow because you say it fast. It's a tongue twister. Um, it, you know, now we're talking about chocolates. Hey, we're going to give away a jersey. Is this baiting fans to say, screw what's going on in society and come to the game because we want you here? I mean, is it being inconsiderate of the Chompas for doing this?
4: You know, it's something that I personally wrestle back and forth with Rudy, right? Because we're getting the message, everybody stay home. You know, unless it's necessary, uh, you've got the mayor tweeting out, you know, your social life is not worth a lot. Li- you know, is not worth somebody else's life. Um, and you're seeing you're seeing how it's really impacting. You know, the latest report, we had nine deaths, you know, uh, added to our total. So now we're up to like one hundred and forty nine people who have who have passed just from San Antonio alone uh, of, of covid of covid related Right, not all of them of necessarily disease, but because they had underlying conditions or whatever, this is what pushed it over. So there, there's that one message. But then also, what we're hearing is if you're gonna go out, um, because let's face it, the economy relies on people going out and still going about life, not maybe like normal. But responsibly, right? So then it's, okay, well, if you do have to go out, wear a mask, social distance, wash your hands, you know, um, consistently and frequently and effectively, right? Don't forget the thumb. We all saw that video when, when this whole pandemic first started. So um, I think that it's something that I go back and forth with, and I've got to be honest, I haven't personally gone out to the, to these Chonkles games because of that same um, that same worry. Right. I don't want to pick it up and and not necessarily in my way as a 29 year old man that I'm worried about, you know, my personal health, but passing it on to somebody else um, that I would come in contact with uh, on the via bus on my way down there or an HEB when I'm picking up my groceries and stuff like that. That's what I'm more worried about. Um, And yeah, debating fans with a jersey almost sounds uh, a bit insensitive. That said, nobody's saying you have to actually attend the game to get your jersey. So do you show up, pay your ticket, get your jersey (laughs) and leave the game right away? Um, You know, it's an option. It's an option. Uh, It's it's something we got to talk about, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can just go grab your jersey and then take off. I mean, there's no rule against that. So you don't have to stay for the game. But, you know, is it I asked if it was inconsiderate, is it? you know something that you know they're kind of just baiting fans to do and it's kind of funny because you mentioned the leaders of San Antonio saying you know obviously it's best to just stay at home you know if you got to go somewhere just kind of keep it minimal you know don't be around too many people well obviously at the games you're going to be around a decent crowd from what i've understood from people that i've talked to uh they're they're spread out if you're sitting in you know three chairs right here you have you in significant other and the child, you know, or in one area, then there's nobody sitting directly in front of you. Nobody's sitting directly behind you and you're spread out, I think by a chair or two. So they're, they're taking measures to make it safe, but you know, is safe safe? We, we still don't have that question regarding anything. Right. As far as sports goes, sports related goes, we don't have that question because there isn't many fans in the stands sports going on, you know, the Chanclas and TCL, are pretty much, you know, one of the few sports that have fans in the stands and are allowing fans to be there. So, I mean, you've got NASCAR that's been going. They don't have anybody. And you would think NASCAR would probably be a little bit, you know, it's outdoors, might be a little bit. They can they can work some way to get fans in there. They right. still haven't done that. Uh, the TBT, obviously, we're going to talk about later. They don't have fans in the stands. It's just the coaches, players, and stuff like that. Um, I One of you guys let me know. I haven't really followed the uh, any of the soccer leagues, but from what I'm understanding – they don't have fans in the stands as well. No fans in the
4: stands for soccer.
0: Exactly. So we don't really know. And I get you want fans to come out, but doing a jersey thing, you know, it's almost like saying here's a hundred bucks, come to the game. You know, are you going to risk it for, you know, as I say, you're going to risk it for the biscuit. I mean, it's hard to say, man. Orlando, I mean – how do you feel, man? Because you, you have a child, and I know I have a child, Joe has kids. Jonas isn't there yet, but he's getting there, I'm sure. How, very
4: slowly, very slowly.
0: <laughs> how, how are you feeling, Orlando? Say, you know, your son really wants to go to that game because it's a jersey. Are you taking that chance to go? Uh,
3: I, I think personally, you know, if my son wanted that jersey, I think we feel good about – how we handle ourselves and, you know, distancing and, you know, wearing masks and stuff like that. But I worry about other people, you know, my surroundings, uh, are people going to respect that six foot distance rule or, you know, are are people going to be having a problem with wearing masks in the stadium in general, or like, I'm not even sure what the full protocols are for certain stadiums or, you know, sporting events. So that's something I would take into consideration as much as I would like that nice Jersey, I, I may would have to skip on it because everything just seems a little too soon right now for, for the way it's happening. I am glad to see sports back, but um, I may have to take a pass on the, on the jersey, uh, you know, my personal opinion.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, for sure. I get that totally, uh, totally completely. The, the thing with Joe, you know, I can ask Joe the exact same question, but where Joe has a little bit more experience than I think we do, uh, because of SAFC and also probably because of some of the uh, commanders' games, was the tailgating part. I mean, you've got you know no fans in the stands, but yet we still see some people talking about, well, if we're not going to be allowed in the stadium or allowed in the arena or somewhere, then why don't we just have the party outside? I mean, again, it's it's you can social distance like that, but being that you've been to a lot of uh, SAFC stuff because again they're considering bringing fans back into the stands you know they haven't really ruled it out are you considering hey if you know the people are getting ready to tailgate for SAFC would you happen to go to those knowing that we still haven't been clear for anything like this
2: that's a good question because to answer your your question honestly while I love everybody out there at the tailgates I'm probably going to have to go ahead and skip that you know why uh why play Russian roulette with your life you know, it's not worth it, yeah. you know. So if they do open up, you know, Toyota Stadium again or Toyota Field, should I say, and go out, you know, and they say, hey, you, your fans can come out here in limited numbers and check out a San Antonio FC game. I have to base my level of safety de- and it's going to depend. It's not going to depend, but I'm going to base it on my experience that I had. Well, me and Jonas had with the San Antonio Spurs and their uh, watch party event. Mm -hmm. I felt that it was done very professionally. They asked questions. They took your temperature before you even were allowed inside, uh, you know, to to even sit down, take a seat and and get ready to watch the, you know, the watch party. They even had Mm -hmm. every section there sectioned off or quartered off and everybody was a safe enough distance away. You could actually order food or drink, whatever, and they would bring it out to you. So you didn't have to go and stand in line based on all those things. I think the Spurs sports and entertainment did a a miraculous job in hosting the watch party. Now, if they do something similar for the San Antonio FC, practicing, you know, the safe social distancing protocols and everything else that goes along with it to, you know, to make the the fan safety a, a priority, I would actually consider it, you know, because I felt safe when I was at the Spurs watch party event. And I'm sure Jonas, I I don't know how safe you felt, but I I would assume you, you felt protected like I did.
4: Yeah, Joe. And I'm actually really glad that you mentioned, you know, that we did go to the, um, the Spurs 2005 game seven watch party back at the beginning of June, because as I, as I, you know, speak here on, you know, do you wait, do you weigh these things and, and what I go, what I not, you know, is your social life worth worth somebody else's life? All these all these messages that you hear, that's where where I have that internal conflict, because, you know, looking back, I did feel safe. I felt very safe there. I felt that they handled it very professionally. The Spurs did. Um, but if, if it was, you know, if, if I had to go back in time, knowing what I know now, where we are at as a city, as a community in san antonio uh and the spikes that we've that we've seen i don't know that i would have gone to it i don't know that i would have supported something like that even though you know again they 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 took a lot of really appropriate measures it's about the whole concept that we're still not clear of this whole pandemic thing right um out at that event i didn't I mean, not to get really personal here, but I didn't use the restroom there, right? If I go to a if I go to a Chonklas game on Dollar Beer Night, Lord knows I'm going to be in there. So whether I'm social distanced, you know, um, right, you know, in in my area, (laughs) yeah, there you go. Right, tonight's tonight's game brought to you by depends, right? (laughs) Uh, So you get a jersey and an adult diaper on your seat. Everybody's set. Um, But you know. That's gonna be, that would be a different situation a little bit. So while you're all socially distanced, maybe you know, roped off six feet from, from one party to another party and stuff like that, I think that there are those common areas. And again, I, I'm not going to pretend that I've, I've been out to a Chonkla's game yet because I haven't. Because looking back at, at, you know, um, at my experience at, at the Spurs event and then reflecting on where we're at today as a society and as a community, I don't know that I, I really want to um, risk that, uh, there was a, a, somebody had tweeted out the other day, you know, uh, we don't even deserve sports the rest of the year because, you know, in San Antonio, because we haven't come together as a, as a community to, um, to get past this and, and sports is almost a reward for a functioning society. So if you subscribe yeah. to that, uh, you know, you can kind of see, yeah, we, we haven't earned, our cookie right now and cookie is it being sports we haven't earned that treat of being able to because we can't get the basics down together um moving for i have no judgment on anybody you know if they choose to go out there um you know we do have things we have to move on with our lives people have to go to work and we just have to practice social distancing and we have to practice you know clean habits in terms of using hand sanitizer washing your hands and wearing a mask and if 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 those things are are met and we're hearing from the same people again our government leaders locally that are saying you know here's our death totals here's our infection rate here's our everything but at the same time if you choose to go out in in public make sure you're following these measures then i mean it's kind of up to you um which i don't know is, is maybe the the right way to handle it but it's where we're at right now so do you
3: know if um the at the chunkless games are they doing mandatory tim checks or is that something I don't know about?
4: That's something I don't know. And honestly, yeah. you know, I think this is a great opportunity to go ahead and say guys out there, please let us know, top in the Facebook chat, let I us know. I actually know, if you've know been the question.
2: Game. I actually know the answer to that. And The answer is yes. I, they were saying uh on their website, not on the website, but on social media that when they were hosting games again, That they were going to be checking everybody's temperature as they entered the stadium before they entered the stadium.
4: Well, there you go. So, so you have it right there, and um, you know, yeah, there's a bit of normalcy. There's a bit. Sports is about community too, right? It's about you know coming behind, you know, coming together to back a team um, that represents your area. So I can understand the want to get out there, um, the supporting of the economy and everything like that. I just don't know personally. That you'll find me out there um, as something like this. And not to be hypocritical, uh, because I did go to the Spurs event, but looking back, I don't think that I'd do it again. So I don't think that I'd do it moving forward.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Guys, you're listening to the Friday Night Takeover, Rudy Campos Jr., Jonas Clark, Jugger, Sierra, Orlando Torres, coming to you every Friday night. You know, it's kind of funny because. You have on one hand you have uh, what is it Bear County Commissioner or whatever he is Judge Nelson Wolf AKA <laughs> saying <Denver>. stay home saying <laughs> stay, stay home but then you have Nelson Wolf Stadium saying hey come to the game uh, like the last morris said yeah. how ironic right so um, yeah I mean we don't really it's kind of what we're saying you do what you want I mean you're your own person if you feel you want to go to a game go to a game I mean that's first word support of that. But if you say, I want to stay home, then just stay home. I mean, that's that's kind of the way you've got to look at it. It's kind of weird because earlier today, a friend of mine posted just some grim words, but actually it made you think all he posted all he posts on his uh, Facebook page was mask it or casket you choose.
4: Wow, cool. that is powerful. That's a
0: pretty – that kind of hit me because I'm like, okay, I get you. I get you. Even though – even though, you know, it's it's pretty low on the totem pole when it comes to uh, deaths, you know, overall, but you still do have a death. So when he put that, it made me think a little bit more. So that's something for all y'all out there to maybe think when you're deciding, you know, as far as going to a game, you know, it's as simple as, hey, you know, we understand masks aren't going to really, they're not the 100% protective uh, against any type of uh, you know virus or anything, but it does help regulate it. I mean, not to get off subject, it's the same thing. Like if you were to think of an, an STD, a condom doesn't guarantee you won't get one, but it helps reduce the risk by a tremendous amount. So right. going to any sporting event, you know, just by wearing the mask would help yourself, help everybody out. I'm not saying you have to. I'm not on here to say you have to. But, you know, it's always just about consideration, you know, and that's use something protection. that, yeah, mm-hmm. use protection. That should probably be on a shirt, right? Just a mask that says, use well, just protection. like that funny meme we saw that huh.
2: said, well, was it Mahomes' girlfriend? And it had the picture of the condom. With oh, the yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I unfortunately had to tweet that out. So, yeah, I, I yeah, it's something like that. So, yeah, we're, like I said, we're not against, you know, going to the games or anything. We'd love for the fans to go to the games, attend the games. I want to attend a few of them. I'm kind of just waiting a little bit, you know, in the wind here for a lot to see how everything passes by. But speaking of SAFC, because we just got off of SAFC, we talked with uh, Joe Garcia and the tailgating. They're wrapping up for play. The schedule is about ready to get going. These games are starting to get going. You know, Orlando, what do you got coming out of SAFC camp right now? I mean, is it pretty much just let's get ready to go? I mean, are this team ready to do this? What do we got?
3: Yeah, so uh – there's no game this week for the SAFC. However, you know, they got their first road game on the 17th. They are starting on the season 1-0 uh, from, their, from their win uh, back in March before, you know, uh, the play was suspended. But um, they are starting on the season 1-0. They've got their first home game on the 25th against Rio Grande Valley. But right now, yeah, they are practicing for full contact uh, practice. Uh, and with the, one of the stories that they've done, they've had some interesting remarks because – as exciting as it is to know that, you know, you know, chankles is going on. There are sports in effect already. That, you know, kind of like the T, uh, TBT. It just kind of takes that one person, and you know, just to test positive, and then next thing mm-hmm. you know, you know, should the, the whole leaks kind of going off, uh, uh, just being derailed. So that's one thing that SAFC is taking into consideration. Uh, they've done good so far with practicing uh, Zoom meetings, uh, practicing in quadrants. Um, but they are very aware that, you know, the virus can happen at any time. You know, once the games st- game start, you know, these guys are out there sweating, kind of, you know, pushing and shoving, uh, fighting for the ball, defending, stuff like that. Um, as far as SAFC, there hasn't been much about protocols when it comes to fans attending games, uh, home games yet. So that's something to keep an eye on. The uh, News like that should be announced within this week or early next week, being that their first home game is uh, – being on the first game is going to be next week, but um, you, you, news like that should be coming on. But um, yeah, with the SAFC, just looking forward and taking positive. Uh, it's going. It's going to be interesting to seeing how this uh, the league plays out.
0: Yeah, for sure. I know a lot of soccer fans are excited. Uh, whether you know, it's it, the biggest part is going to see if they can do because Toyota's it's Toyota Stadium over there, Toyota Field, and it's big enough to where you can do the same thing like the Champs are doing. I mean, you can have fans there kind of just spread out amongst each other and that's it. it. Is it going to make a huge difference? I don't think so. I mean, normally you want a packed house to get the noise levels up and everything, but it's still fans. It's still, you know, there's not going to be any interaction, I'm sure, between player and fans, stuff like that. But it's interesting to see if, you, is, if SAFC decides to go that route or maybe take the first few games and be like, Let's see how this plays out. Let's see how it goes. I haven't seen really much uh, as far as any negative when it comes to uh, the uh, MLS. I think – what was it? Uh, Jonas, you help me here, I think Dallas pulled their team this year because – in MLS because they don't – they didn't feel safe, or did they have people testing positive uh, for COVID?
4: I – personally did not did not catch that headline
0: no, so i'm not i'm not it gonna
3: stay tested positive i believe because uh there was I I know, yeah so you.
0: i know they pulled their team from lm mls this year so uh, i did say something on that but yeah it's going to be interesting to see um you know we've got a lot of stuff coming up with the bubble in orlando and nba and all this other stuff you know colleges and everything so it's going to be interesting to see we've got the ball rolling you know the wheels turning So we're going to just try to see, are they going to make it go fast? Are they just going to be like, you know, let's just get everything started going right away? Or are they going to continue to just play it safe and slowly but surely, you know, get this thing rolling and then finally just get into full motion? And speaking of full motion, the chanclas, man, San Antonio flying chanclas. Disappointing start. One and two to start the year, but they came home, had a sweep, ended up at four and three. Actually a half game back out of first. And I'm not going to lie, man, this team is actually it's actually surprising me at home. You know, uh, you've got Porter Brown, who's actually I would say he's right now. He's probably the MVP of the team. Uh, He's he's got, you know, he wasn't a guy that I expected to actually come off right away. I knew he would have a decent season, but he wasn't a guy that was going to strike you as coming off as, you know, probably being the best player on the team. But hell, man! Right now, he's actually he's actually playing really, really well. Another guy that I mentioned out in our uh, prospect watch was Kite Thompson or Kite McDonald. I'm sorry, uh, Kite Kite McDonald's having a really good season too right now after the first seven games. Uh, also, Jordan Thompson. And what I'm seeing is that these all these guys are their outfielders for the Chocolates. They're putting up some numbers on the plate. They're helping drive in the runs. Uh, pitching wise, pitching wise is it's kind of a mix, man. I mean. Arturo Guajardo is probably their best pitcher right now. He's got a win on the season; hasn't lost a game. ERA is at is at one point eight right now, which is really good. But what I like to see is he's at eight strikeouts. He's only got three walks on the season so far. Um, Inning pitches, he's only pitched five innings, which is really low right now. But I think as soon as you get more of him in the rotation, he'll get a lot more comfortable. They've got actually starting tonight. They've got a three game series with. The Round Rock Hairy men. I did say it right, Hairy Men. These names, uh, I have no idea where they come from, but I'm assuming <laughs> that all these guys are, you know, long beards and probably massive amount of chest hair coming out of that jersey. So <laughs> we will see how our uh, Flying Chocolates do against the Round Rock Hairy Men. Uh, looks like it's going to be a three game series. Yeah, July 10th through the 12th. Hey, if you get a uh, nice three game sweep here. Blind will be flying high on the season so get out there you know if you can like we say support the chakras I mean they've got some good ball players right now you're not you're probably not going to see you know honest opinion you're probably not going to see uh, these guys you know going anywhere to the MLB right away or anything a lot of these guys are just like we said in the beginning they're collegiate guys they're just trying to get their cuts into the game you'll probably see a majority of them go back to like A, AAA you know A AA, maybe AAA so uh, it's good to get out there now. You know, obviously, I'd love to, I'd love to see more fan support. But again, during this whole pandemic thing, it's hard to get out there. I totally understand that. So, uh, yeah, I hope the Flying Chocolates can actually get to uh, another three-game winning streak here. They did end up losing their last one, puts a record again at four and three. So, we'll see, man. You know, I'm hoping to get this win. And guys, you know, I don't know, man. I I want. I might want a jersey if. If they go on this three-game winning streak again, you know, by beating the Harryman, and they say we're going to give away another jersey, I might just have to risk it to go get a jersey because I'm I'm loving this team right now. i um, very 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 much so. So we're going to be right back here. This is the Friday Night Takeover. Really accomplishing your Joe Garcia, Orlando Torres, Jonas Clark, as always taking over your Friday nights. Each and every Friday night, we'll be back. Welcome back to the Friday Night Takeover Week 3 edition. Rudy Campos Jr. here, along with the other hosts of the show, Jonas Clark, Joe Garcia, Orlando Torres, making it happen every single Friday night. We promise you, every single Friday night. We promise you. That is our main promise here at the Friday Night Takeover. Giving you all the local sports stuff uh, as much as we can, SAFC, flying chanclas, soon-to-be gunslingers, all the high school action. And, of course, that one team that plays in the – it's that big old thing that's over there by the Coliseum. You know who I'm talking about, the San Antonio Spurs, obviously. Guys, you know, Jonas, coming back from commercial real quick, did you have something you want to get back on with SAFC?
4: Yeah. um, Actually, with the SAFC, you are talking about, you know, how how fast do we want to get this going, how how, – you know, in terms of just getting back to sports for the USL. And, you know, when you really break it down, they're, they're kind of playing the long game with this. Our poll question tonight is, you know, are you buying any tickets for events this summer, right? Uh, F- mm-hmm. SAFC seems to almost be prepared for that. They're playing games 11 or uh, 15 games over 11 weeks. So they don't even play their last game until October 2nd. Um, so they they've got all that space in there, um, you know, to give players time to recuperate because, you know, they understand that this is a high intense sport. Um, you're, you're out there, you're using your lungs a lot. What's COVID-19 attack mostly, you know, it, it hits you in the lungs. Um, so player health, uh, I think is really important on that one. And so I just wanted to, you know, look at and, 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 and say, you know, as far as the approach, um, for completing a season and and we i think we asked that question last week or whatever you know it does uh it do any of these teams complete their season right uh mm-hmm. as far as their approach i think the USL is kind of prepared more than anybody else uh that's currently playing uh to do so because they you know major league baseball 60 games in approximately 60 days and that's going to be a lot of in- you know uh, just like Constant going, 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 going. The NBA, it's going to be, you know, they're not, yes, they're wrapping up in October, but they've got a, you know, each team has to get through eight games and then we're starting the postseason pretty quick. And that's going to be intense on the players and everything like that. So uh, the best approach that we're seeing as far as a regular season kind of deal, uh, I think that goes to the USL and our SAFC. And if you want to talk about firepower, just to really quick wrap up with your chonklas, too. Uh, the hairy men here. Here, if you're if you're looking to even just watch the TCL stream, the hairy men in their game on Tuesday scored 19 runs. Mm-hmm. 19 runs. The Chankles uh, had back-to-back games of more than 10 runs themselves just uh, early last in the middle of last week. Um, you talked about the offensive py- firepower, Rudy. Uh, can their pitching hand- handle the hairy men? Uh, um, that that's going to be something to watch for sure.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, Jonas giving us uh, great takes, man. You know, the SAFC info, especially about the hairy men from Round Rock. I'm going to love saying that throughout this TCL season. The hairy men. That's that's different. That's funny. That's out of this world, I'm just going to say. Scoring it's 19 weird, wasn't like a game. Austin. Yeah, it's – you know what? You're right. Perfect. They are Round Rock hairy men, so it is weird like Austin. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, that was some great info. And, you know, the one thing that, you know, mentioned earlier was about the TBT, which not a lot of people actually know about. I mean, you probably do if you follow basketball closely. TBT is basically a winner take all tournament. It's called the basketball tournament. They've had, it, I think, since 2014. Um, it's a great tournament. You pay X number of dollars to get your team in, and if you lose once, you're done. You don't get a refund. You don't get a second prize. You don't even get a trophy like every league just about does, you know, because we have to have these trophies for all places now. You get nothing. You get to the finals, you win that finals game, you get a million dollars for you and your team. You get the recognition. Great tournament. It's a lot of a lot of a lot of great atmosphere, you know, they play because of that reason. You know, you you paid so much money. You gotta you got to win to stay in. So all these guys are fighting hard. It's a lot of former collegiate guys. You have a few NBA guys, former NBA guys in there. Joe Johnson is actually playing in the league for uh, overseas elite. Uh, Brandon Paul, who used to play for the San Antonio Spurs, he's on one of the teams that he unfortunately got eliminated. Uh, I believe it was the first night that they were there. So the reason why I'm bringing this up is TBT basketball is the first major sport. Now, when I say major sport, I know it's not NBA, but basketball is a major sport in America. It's the first major sport to be live without fans. So is the NBA looking at it? Is NFL looking at it? I am so 100% sure they are. Reason being, let me give you a little quick background on the TBT as far as coronavirus testing goes. Players get there. One by one, they get tested, and they get their temperature taken. Now, they have the rapid test, From I'm not mistaken, they have the rapid test, so they know pretty quick if they're, you know, affected or not. They go from there. They go and check in all their stuff. They are by themselves. They get to their room. You know, again, they get everything in there. They have, I believe, another test later on that day. So they get tested pretty frequently. I think it's up to five times is what they get tested. Um But again, the reason why this is important is because this year, the TBT rules. If you test positive for COVID-19, your entire team gets sent home. It's not just you. Wow. It's your entire team goes home. Case in point right here, Eberline Drive, Team Eberline Drive was eliminated from this tournament a few days ago because one of their players tested positive so they were eliminated from the tournament wow it sucks it's a horrible rule but it's also a rule for safety so again you know this is something by tbt and one thing i want to throw in with you guys as well is that every game that you play you have to pack your bags and take all of your belongings to the tournament with you if you lose your team loses from that tournament site, you go back to the airport and you're gone. You do not go back. You do not clean your room up. You don't go get your belongings.
4: You don't collect
0: $200. <laughs> yeah. You don't pass go. You don't collect $200. You're just gone. So, again, and if you win, you go back to the room. You have to unpack your stuff and then wake up, pack it up the next day because you got a game and you go back to the arena. So, this is, this sounds crazy. It really does. But, I like it because it's showing that even at an amateur level that this the COVID testing is it's getting there. It's getting to where these people are. where, OK. We're trying to make it safe for everybody. It's a step forward to where we can invite fans back into the stands. That's what we've been talking about earlier. Now, I'm posing this question to you guys here to go around the horn. Is this something that we're just going to take the NBA? The NBA, all the teams are in the bubble as of today. Is this something that the NBA takes into consideration? Because we've already had players dropping out. We've had players who are on teams that have tested positive for COVID before they've got to the bubble. If you get that player or two players, do you send the whole team home? Or is it something where we've already signed 17 players. We're just going to send those two home. And we'll just bring the next two guys up, you know, for the team. You know, my it's like the overall the umbrella question. Is this something the NBA should adopt? I mean, I I, I say yes. I mean, I, I would hate to see, you know, not going go to go Spur, get it. And then they have to send the whole team home. But again, it's a safety measure. I mean, it's not like you paid $20,000 to get into the league. I mean, they're paying you to play the game. I get that. But as far as safety concerns go, you know, you know, from what they say, you have to wait 14 days to see if you have any symptoms or anything. So I think it's probably best if they say, okay, if one player is positive, we send the whole team home. Or do they go further and say, we've got a couple of players positive, just shut it down. So adapting these rules from the TBT to the bubble and the NBA bubble Let's go around the horn. Let's start with uh, Orlando on this. Orlando, how do you feel it should work? I mean, how does TBT and their way of showing everyone how it's working affect the NBA and their start over in the bubble in Orlando?
3: Yeah, as complicated as that is, I mean, it's kind of like the price right now. You know, you got to go through to kind of have sports like this. It's just those safety measures. And I think that will be some of the good rules for the NBA to adopt from the TBT because you looking at a lot of players and their concerns is they just want to see the league show that they care about the players and maybe not so much more about the product and bring in revenue and, you know, caring about the players that are out there on the floor that are putting on the entertainment. So, you know, as devastating as it may be as one player testing positive and having to send the whole team home, it just shows that, okay, we're not going to replace that guy with some other guy because who knows at that point of the virus, the virus has spread. Um, I like the, the thing too, with packing up all your bags and, you know, not being able to go back to your hotel room. I don't know if the NBA is going to do something similar to that, but um, I know they are doing the whole quarantine thing, but um, that also shows that, you know, they're just caring about their, their, their players in general, especially going with Orlando and, you know, trying to make something out of nothing. Uh, so that, that will. I hope to see something like that, um, but I, that does show that they do care about the, their players overall than the product overall.
0: Yeah, it does, man. It does, and like you said, you know, it's it's a it's a tough price to pay. I mean, it, it, but it is safety. You know, we want all these guys. Say, even the coaches, Coach Pop. You know, Coach Pop announced that he's going to be going to Orlando to coach the team. So we want everyone to be safe. Oh, you yeah. know, Joe. Joe, is you? How do you feel about the whole thing? You know, do you think that the NBA should probably uh, look at you know what TBT is doing and kind of adopt a little bit of it, or do you feel good enough to where the NBA has a stronghold on it?
2: I think the NBA should take a look and see what the TBT has done as far as their safety measures go. Because to to me, the TBT is is practicing the extreme measures, but I I can see why they're doing it. They're doing it to protect the players, you know, and first and foremost they have the players safety in mind nba they have the safety of the players in mind and the coaches but mm. at the end of the day i just feel like the nba is in it because there was too much money to lose now i'm still yeah. i still ha- by i still have this thought in the back of my head that the nba season will abruptly come to an end at the bubble because too many of the players and or coaching staff or maybe even some of the coaches uh, might be contracting uh, COVID-19 at an, al- an alarming rate. And I think if all that right. happens, uh, they're just going to have to pull the plug. But, you know, you got to commend the TBT for what they've been doing out there because, I to me, just with all the safety measures in place, they've kind of set the standard by which everyone else is looking at. You know, hey, should we kind of do the same thing? Or, you know, is there something else that we can borrow from them but make it better? So definitely everybody's looking at what TBT has done.
0: True that. True that. You know, I I kind of feel like you a little bit in the sense that we we might see this come to an end. We may not see a full eight game slate, or well, three games extra because of the scrimmages. Uh, Eleven game slate being played by the teams. I think it will come to an abrupt end. I think Jonas, you mentioned something like that before, right? And us talking that you don't think that it's actually going to follow through and be a, a whole, you know, bubble season, but. You know, at the same time, you know, the same questions being posed to you, man, is is the TBT set the standard for, you know, the NBA and other leagues, you know, saying this is how we're testing it. This is how it's gone. We've only had one player uh, test positive as of right now. So it seems like whatever they're doing is working and they're keeping everybody socially distanced and everything. Is Can the amateur, you know, the basketball tournament, the amateurs show the pros exactly? How to do this I mean as far as I know go, I'll go back to the chocolates we haven't heard of anybody getting sick from the Chocolates game and they had three games I mean I'm sure some questions would have been asked like hey where were you oh I was at the chocolates game okay so I'm sure that would have hit the media I'm sure Nuremberg uh, and Wolf would have said something about that but could the amateur teams actually be teaching the pros how this, how this will go
4: you know I'm glad you brought that up Rudy, because I, I think that, yes, the TBT is providing an example for sports moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. This goes everything down, uh, all the way down to our local high school sports. If you have a, a kid on the team that tests positive, your entire team has to go home, right? But what's going to be difficult is if you get to a point of contest um or they've been practicing in the same gym or there was uh any kind of overlap where a sanitation process didn't happen or what for whatever reason um or it happens in one of these scrimmages coming up uh the in, the interleague uh scrimmages coming up um to where you have a, a cross contamination not just with one team but with multiple teams and then you're saying okay well you've got to go home right uh it, I don't see how you can do that and still move forward with the season. You can't delay the season any further. Uh, say that two weeks, right. To go ahead and give that buffer for, for players to because they, this is how the NBA handled things back uh, in March after Rudy Gobert and a lot, you know, Ky, uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Donovan Mitchell all had positive tests. They quarantined them for two weeks and then they tested them again after two weeks to see if they were still, uh, symptomatic and stuff like that and so um i don't see i don't think you can delay all action or even one because one team has how many how many games scheduled over the course of a week you can't delay the whole season that way so coming back to the tbt and this is going to go across for all sports i think that we're going to actually see this maybe implemented at this at the smaller level the amateur level right these guys have uh, their private citizens their health is is of interest to themselves and themselves alone. The anything bigger than that, right? There, there. You have um, economic interests uh, impacting whether the NBA and uh, the NFL or whatever moves forward. Even the TCL, I might even say, go as far as to say that now that we've got money on the books and Vegas is allowing you to bet on the TCL, if your team all of a sudden you know can't play and you've already put money on the on the flying chanclas to win the whole thing right that (laughs) i don't know how you have that so uh because there's an outside economic interest i'm going to go ahead and put my conspiracy hat on here guys that if and i've already i I came out last week right and i you know a hot take of the year the spurs will go undefeated why because there won't be (laughs) as because there won't be a season right hot take of the year um (laughs) I'm going to go take a take a uh, put my conspiracy hat on for a second, y'all, and say that if there's a good chance that we don't have anybody testing positive, we come out with zero, we we get through sports, uh, professional sports, not the amateur sports, the professional sports with zero positive tests. Now, what is the statistical possibility of that? I'm going to say that it's very, very, very low. Right, the chances that we that nobody tests positive, but does it get swept under the rug a la NFL uh, concussion protocol? Before in previous years, yes, they've hammered it down and they've they've gotten a lot more strict with their con- con- concussion protocol. They're no longer rolling guys out there after they're symptomatic for a concussion, but I could see them covering up if LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard or even Demar Derozan. Become you know for for our San Antonio Spurs becomes symptomatic and actually tests positive, and remember you have to have two tests because you know there could be a false positive and there's like the three percent error rate and all these things. I think that the NBA will use that as a to justify moving forward and allowing that player to still play, because mm-hmm. there's too much at stake for them not to they can't delay it they don't want to delay it they don't want to cancel uh and and if the nba cancels just like when the nba suspended their season and put and everybody else trickled after i think that if the nba has to suspend their season again or cancel their season you're gonna see everything trickle and then you end up with uh with a situation like the ivy league uh you know to where They're not even – they've canceled all sports for for 2020. They're not even picking up any programs. Basketball won't come back until 2021. uh, How does that impact everything? You know, they can deal with that later. But they're already saying sports will not be back in in 2020. Um, I don't think these leagues can take that. I think your high schools, that's a whole other thing. We're talking about children. We're talking about, you know, parents. We're talking about uh, in schools and everything like that, how that's all impacted. TBT, again, private citizens. They're more worried about their health than anything. Uh, when, when you take it out and you go a little bit bigger, um, Conspiracy hat says there's going to be positive tests that we don't hear about.
0: Yeah, that's true. And that's that's a good point because that's something that I do want to get back into on Hour 2. This is the Friday Night Takeover Rudy Your Joe Garcia Orlando Torres. Jonas Clark We've given it to you for the first hour of the show. We've given you a lot of information, talked a lot, and guess what? We still have a whole lot to talk about. We're going to get back into the TVT talk because they are setting the standard uh, in some ways for these other other uh, bigger, uh, yeah, other bigger uh, sports. M O B, MLB, NBA, NFL. I mean, they're setting that standard. They're setting that bar for them. And Jonas brought up a good point. You know, about the test, you got to have two positive tests. Keep playing, coming back on the uh, second part, second hour of the show that's exactly what I wanted to ask y'all about we've had some athletes that have taken a test and come back positive they take a test a couple of days later it's negative they can test the very next day it's negative so a few athletes have had that gun we'll get some uh we'll get some insight on that as well also on our campus visit we'll be talking about uh St. Mary's University their Hall of Fame class of 2020 uh it's a really good Hall of Fame class going in and one of the uh, Hall of Famers themselves J.J. Edwards is a really good friend of mine so Uh, We'll give a shout out to all these guys here talking about a little bit of Spurs because that's what we do Uh, in hour two. We've also got a few other topics to get into as well in our two again, is Friday Night Takeover. Joining you every single Friday night, taking over your Friday night each and every week. Friday nights from six to eight. We'll be right back.
4: Is there a local team or athlete that you think deserves more recognition? We want to highlight them. Email the show FridayNightTakeover at gmail.com or give us a follow and DM us at Puro Sports SA on Twitter and Instagram.
0: It's time we put the San Antonio
1: back in San Antonio Sports Talk. Wrapping up the weekend local sports and getting y'all ready for the weekend. This is the Friday Night Takeover. Here are your hosts: Rudy Campos Jr., Orlando Torres, and Joe Garcia. All
2: right, welcome back to the Friday Night Takeover with Jonas Clark, Orlando Torres, and myself, Joe Garcia minus one, Rudy Campos Jr., who had to actually uh, handle some business. So. He won't be rejoining us uh, for the rest of this Friday night takeover. But moving on, we're gonna go ahead and start talking about St. Mary's, and we're specifically gonna talk about their Hall of Fame. Uh, so, what do you got to tell us about this, Jonas?
4: Right on, Joe. So yeah, uh, you know St. Mary's is they uh, back on I think it was June uh, June 4th. Um, they uh, released their uh, Hall of Fame class of 2020, right? uh we've got a lot of hall of fames big year for it you look at the nba and the nfl classes it's huge well the saint Mary's one it, it's huge in its own respect as well lots of historic names here joe um i want to run through these guys really quick i'm going to give you a couple just a couple words on each of the inductees right and we'll come back here and we'll talk about it we'll break them down but the one leading off the leading off the lineup appropriately <laughs> in the leadoff position Is the 1986 St. Mary's softball team. Uh, Guys, this team was the school's uh, first national championship in any sport. Uh, As a member of the NAIA, which is the National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics. um, All of the members from that uh, roster are going into the Hall of Fame as a historic class. Uh, If you want to talk about where they place in history... Uh, they hold the school's all-time record for the lowest single-season ERA. Now, get a hold of this: 0. 0.55. Wow. <laughs> that wow. is <laughs> that is ridiculous, and if and, and and to put their pitching into perspective even more, and and this the, what even what's even more mind-blowing is this next stat. It's only second all-time on their, uh for the school's uh, record books, but they're. The, that team had the recorded the second all time uh, lowest opponent batting average allowed at 0. 0.147. You break down the math, right? That's approximately one hit in every 10 at bats. If wow. you get three at bats per inning, then that means that they're giving up roughly one hit every three innings, uh, which is ridiculous. You know, hats off to these ladies. They made back to back, uh, World Series appearances. And of course, they won, uh, the 1986 title. So well deserved to them. A couple members of that team, Yvette, uh, Buenantelo Giron, uh, Kelly Smith Hudson, Adrian, uh, Carlos and, uh, Mary Kalanek, uh, Melise Lampkin and, uh, Leticia Morales Vassaro and Donna Eckert Fields. You know, just a couple of the members of that team. Um, hats off to them. Moving on through the list, guys. Jamie Amoretti, 2004 to 2007, he was a a men's golfer. What a, you know, he holds a lot of records and places well in the the school's books. Uh, a highlight note to his career, you know, he placed third at the 2006 NCAA regional championship. Um, and then went on to win the NCAA national championship in 2006. Uh, huge coming from St. Mary's, right? Uh, Jeff Apple, uh, baseball, uh, Rattlers baseball, 1996 through 99. Um, he is number two all-time in wins uh, for the program at 38 and number four all-time in strikeouts at 313. Um, it helped the team work, we reach the NAIA uh, World Series in 96 and the regionals in two other years. Uh This one, this next name, actually has a personal connection to the show. Unfortunately, Rudy had to step away because he is – uh, uh, actually friends with JJ Edwards, uh, who played with, uh, St. Mary's men's basketball from 2004 to 2005. Uh, he was a Heartland Conference Player of the Year in 05, helped the team to 23 and 7, uh, was a first team a selection for the Heart, all Heartland, uh, selection in, uh, 2004 and 2005 for their conference. Um, moving on here again really quick. Natalie Gomez, 2006 to 2009 women's basketball. In 2011, guys, she was inducted to the National Hispanic Sports Hall of Fame, and she's currently number four in all-time scoring uh, for St. Mary's Women's Basketball. She headlined three teams uh, that earned NCAA regional appearances. She won a pair of Heartland Conference Tournament Championships, and she won two Heartland uh, Conference titles uh, in the regular season. Back to softball, Melissa McGee, 2005-2008. She holds the Heartland Conference career records in wins, shutouts, innings, strikeouts, and complete games, as well as single-season records for wins, innings pitched, strikeouts, and shutouts um, in, in, in one season. Guys, she had uh, 1,061 career strikeouts in nearly a thousand innings, 994. That's Jeez. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, my arm. My arm's already tired about to get off right there. And rounding out the class of 2020 guys for the Hall of Fame, Quay Williams, 1996 through 1999, men's soccer. Uh, uh, Willis, I'm, uh, Quay Willis, I'm sorry. Uh, he's the school's all time leader in goals at 54, all times uh, leader in points at 156, all time leader in assists at 48. Um, that's ridiculous ridiculous so when you talk about the up you know just the amount of talent in this class um it's definitely there it, it hats off to these guys and what's really interesting guys that w- the up and down the episode you know we're talking and, and over the last two weeks you know today included we're talking about how covet is impacting everything um they we already we already know timmy's induction into the basketball hall of fame has been delayed uh, the NFL has delayed theirs. Right now, there is no delay that we've heard of um, on the St. Mary's uh, class. They're looking to be inducted on Friday, October 16th, um, where they'll celebrate uh, everybody's enshrinement. And it's awesome. You know, I, I mean, hats off to them. If you guys have any uh, way, in, way in, like, what do you think about this class? It's, it's top notch, yeah?
2: It's a solid, solid lineup there. Uh, it's a good mixture, you know, not only of the men, but also, you know, paying a nod to the ladies as well. I thought that was very classy, you know, especially that whole uh, softball team, you know. I was like, wow, how about that? You know, the whole team got in- in- inducted to the Hall of Fame. So that's pretty amazing to me.
3: Right? Yeah, uh, well, what I've seen from this uh, Hall of Fame class is that that school was just talented, talented all over the place from golf, from baseball to softball to basketball, both men's and women's. Um, just talent all over. I like the, the, the quote or the comment that, uh, Quill Willis's, uh, coach had to say about him that, uh, Johnny Clifford said at, in the end of it, said where he just showed himself to be cream of the crop. You know, kind of, you know, you could say that about the, everybody on the list for the Hall of Fame. Just looking at some of the monster numbers that they put up.
4: No, I, I entirely agree. Like, obviously, uh, there's been some serious talent to come through St. Mary's. We're seeing that firsthand even uh, in Chanklas baseball right now, uh, as there's a handful of members from St. Mary's University um, playing with the Chanklas and, and other uh, regional baseball players. Uh, they're performing well, but man, and i I'm really I am really kind of bummed out that Rudy had to miss his segment because he has that pers- personal connection with yeah. JJ Edwards. um, and I know he's reached out and uh just just trying to see, you know if if this if this is delayed or anything like that, um what they could do, uh, there the National Basketball Hall of Fame had a chance, you know, the Nasmith had a chance to go ahead. And do try to do like a virtual Hall of Fame or something like that. But I think that it would have lost its luster, you know, in the, the pomp and circumstance. Um, do you think that, you know, maybe something for the university that we can see potentially a virtual one? Obviously, this is all just speculation because there's nothing out from the school in terms of their the change in their plans. Uh, this is their enshrinement's not looking to be Octo- until October.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I look forward to that. You know, it'd be interesting to see if it does stay on schedule or is it going to get delayed, you know, with the the way things are right now, especially here in San Antonio, you know, so that to me, that's something to definitely keep an eye on. I hope that it does go through without a hitch, you know, even if they have to do it like in some type of virtual capacity, um, that might be an option, but definitely something that I'll be looking at uh, moving forward.
3: Yeah, same. But they have to do a virtual it, it stick to the date. Maybe with no fans or, you know, maybe just like close family there for that moment. Uh, it would be a shame to, see, you know, if it gets pushed back, that'll be that, that's good. But it'll be a shame to put the list like that to see it kind of like taken away from them to not be able to enjoy that enshrinement. So uh, if it's a virtual or maybe it's
2: just close to the public. Yeah.
4: You know, I, I think that's an important, uh, important point there, Orlando, about just like this thing. And, and we, we all know, right, every year a Hall of Fame class is important. This isn't to take anything away from anybody else. But you look at the accolades and the achievements of this entire class, and it almost sticks out a little bit more. Uh, again, you know, just draw a parallel. Uh, there's always great basketball Hall of Fame classes, right but but this one really kind of stands out in the 2020 class when you're talking about Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, right and, and Tim duncan. <laughs> that, that yeah. that's those are three really big names in, in all of the greatness. and then when you look at you know an, a national championship team and having the opportunity to honor them, um, it almost makes you wonder what make what who 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 has been inducted previously? Is that that makes a team like that have to wait on the ballot. Yeah,
2: yeah. definitely. <clears throat> so let's go ahead and uh, get ready to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we right are going to be talking some San Antonio Spurs basketball. Specifically, Ooh. we're going to go ahead and get into the Yaka Portal comments. And I know that Blocka Portal, his nickname, is uh, something that's near and dear to our own Jonas Clark here since he loves Yaka Portal's style of, of play, specifically his blocks and the, the portal jams, you know? So we'll get into that talk. Yes, sir. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here. We'll be back in about two minutes.
4: Thank you for listening to the Friday Night Takeover. Want to interact with the hosts? Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at S A, or find us on Facebook and YouTube. Just search Friday Night Takeover.
2: Uh, so, welcome back to the Friday Night Takeover. you uh, are here with Orlando Torres, Jonas Clark, and myself, Joe Garcia. As I stated, we are minus one Rudy Campos Jr., who had to briefly uh, handle some business here. So, we look forward to having Rudy back on the next show. Uh, so, let's go ahead and dive into this. So, we're going to talk some San Antonio Spurs basketball. And specifically, what we're going to get into here is we're going to get into the comments by one yaka portal could yaka portal be looking for greener pastures could he be looking to leave the san antonio spurs maybe in free agency if you believe the comments you know that he he mentioned uh to uh, a reporter in the apa he said specifically uh let me go ahead and read the let me go ahead and read the exact quote so i'm going to pull that up here he said he would be interested to look at least at a few other options and maybe find something that fits the concept better. Portal told the a p a but when it comes to my career and my development role, my role he said, and the playing time uh the playing time are in the foreground, meaning that he's not really worried about his role or playing time. he says they're they're kind of in the foreground, I guess you know, but I mean it's something that I think plays a an important factor in here because if we keep reading some of the comments, you know, he kind of hinted that he wasn't happy with his minutes. He wasn't happy kind of with his role with the San Antonio Spurs. And you kind of feel for Yaka because you feel like he's put in the work, you know, but he doesn't really get to showcase what he's fully capable of doing because he has to play behind the minutes of one, not only Trey Lyles, uh, which kind of plays for LMA at times at center, uh, as need as needed, you know, uh, depending on lineups, and of course, if LA if LA is hurt, Jakob um, Portal just doesn't seem to get a lot of starting minutes. He started briefly for the San Antonio Spurs, but not consistently, and I think that's really what he was wanting to do because he's put in that work. He didn't ask to be here. He came here in a trait that was forced upon San Antonio by one Kawhi Leonard. So I think he just made the best out of his situation with San Antonio. Yes, he's put in some work. He's been impressive on the defensive end as far as being able to block around the rim, be a rim protector. I think his forte into uh, the Spurs system, where he really has flourished, has been in the open court situations in transition, uh, playing alongside you know Derek White, uh, DeJounte, mixing it up with some of the younger uh, players that we have out there in transition, really effective at running that. Yeah, uh, pick and pop, uh, you know, and also running the uh you know, just just it just seems like he's just plays better when he's out there with these younger players, you know? And he can he can mix it up with some of the vets too. I mean, he's been on the floor uh several times, you know, with Rudy Gay and you know, some of the other vets that we have, Patty Mills, you know, for example. Uh but it really hasn't, you know, as far as his career goes with us, it really hasn't transpired into what he would say he's happy with, but I think that is him being young. So with that said, we're going to go ahead and transition to you, uh, Jonas Clark, since this is your boy block a portal. What do you think? <laughs> what does your heart tell you? You think he's you know, going to look at and see what his options are? Or do you think it's just, you know, Hey, I'm going to look at my options, but I'm going to stay with San Antonio. Or do you think he's going to look at his options? If the money's there, he's going to bounce. Well, you know, Joe, I
4: think, you know, obviously he, this guy's my favorite player. I, I love, um, I love defense. I think a lot of us here in the city do. Um, I believe that the block is better than the dunk any day, uh, because it's harder to do. It takes more, more finesse. It takes more timing. Um, and it, and it means that your motor doesn't stop, right? Uh, if, you, if you're six foot six, I, I would hope that you can throw a basketball down, but not every guy can, Block as, as effectively as my man Block of Purtle, uh, which I, I do take full credit for that nickname. Uh, you can check my my Twitter. Uh, <laughs> but um, to that point, I think that you know he's gone. This this tells me you know the, the the feeling of this comment. You know where he feels like he's been underutilized. You know yeah, we can all see it. Uh, is is there reasoning to his underutilization? A hundred percent. You know, this is not all on Coach Popovich. Uh, I, I we we've talked about it here. I've taken it to Spurs Twitter in um, comments and threads many, many times. Uh, and and you're, because you're defending
2: my, Yaka Portal,
4: I'm actually not. I'm I'm defending Coach Popovich and why he why why Portal might feel slighted because. Purtle hasn't earned all of all of the opportunity that it is that he's looking for. I understand that he wants a chance and everybody wants wants everybody wants a chance. But you got to understand what what Purtle brings to the table. He's got great defense. That that you see uh night in and night out. But for a true seven-footer, he's 7 foot 1. Uh he doesn't he doesn't bring down the rebounds. He's he, for a, for a man who should be a walking double-double Especially in a pick and roll, as effectively as he runs it, um, and moves within it, um, you would, you would expect at least 10 and 10 every night, but you're seeing stats more like four and seven. And I understand 16 minutes a game. That's not a whole lot, but you got to make the most of the opportunities you're given and execute before you start, before you start asking for more playing time. The other thing to work against the Acapirtle is the fact that, um, his poor, 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 poor free throw percentage. I mean, it's, it's garbage. It's right around 48%. Um, you're going to lose opportunity, especially when when the team is playing from behind oftentimes, and you'll represent it by the fact that we're in the 12th seed right now. Um, <laughs> you know, when we're playing from behind a lot, you lose opportunities to have to have to just have minutes at the end of a half when you're trying to build momentum going into the half. And then when you're trying to you know, maybe stay close into a game or protect the lead late in the game. Um, Jakob can't be out there because it just turns into hack a moments, and, and we saw that happen at moments, which is why you would see Coach Popovich run with a smaller lineup and actually put Rudy Gay at six foot eight at the five, um, just for defense, and he would run a four guard and a one center. This all comes around, guys, to say to place importance on. The signing of Tyler Zeller, right? Tyler Zeller is a seven-footer. And when a lot of people saw the Zeller signing, they're like, oh, why? He hasn't played basketball since 2018. Um, you know, he was on a roster last year with the Nets, sure. Uh, but he hasn't really contributed to a game. But when you look at his free throw percentage, 78%, he's still averaging right around, I think, it's uh, close to half a block per game for his career. Um and, and he's 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 willing to shoot the three ball, which Jakob doesn't do. Jakob's just a rim guy. Uh, where some people saw it's oh, just we're gonna maybe try out. I think that we're seeing the Spurs preparing for Jakob Purtle to go away. Um, and and it, it, his contract situation is one that the, it's restricted free agency, so the Spurs have the opportunity to match. Zeller's contract is next to nothing. Granted, he's about six years older than Pirtle, so you're instead of a twenty four year old, you're getting a thirty year old. But it could be the end of uh of one Yaka Purtle's time in San Antonio, which which is disappointing to me because he's my favorite player.
2: Yeah. So what about you, Orlando? What do you have to say about you know, Yaka Portal's comments? Do you think he stays? He leaves? What what's your heart telling you?
3: Um well I think With the tournament going on in Orlando, this is kind of his time to kind of put his money where his mouth is, you know. Um, He wants to be that player. He wants to earn his minutes. This is the time. And a time where, you know, a 12th seed, they got to go out there and fight like dogs, fight like they want it. And, you know, not like they're just go to be kind of like one and done and ready to go home. Uh, You know, Puerto wants those minutes. He wants to stay in San Antonio. Like, I'm sure at the end of the day, uh, San Antonio wants to see, you know, Spurs want to see that improvement out of him. They would like to keep him. They see that improvement. If he wants to go, I mean, they're not going to. It doesn't appear that they're going to be very. appear to fight very hard to keep uh, Pearl here if he's not if he's unhappy. So, uh, this is his time. He wants to stay. This is his time to prove it. He's not a huge scorer. I mean, just look at the numbers 5.3 points per game. He's not big when it comes to assists either. doesn't really fit what the Spurs like to do. Uh, so, uh, I think this is time to go. My heart's telling me that he doesn't stay. Um, but, um, those comments, I mean, sounds like, especially with the Zeller signing, sounds like, you know, that kind of lit a fire under him. Um, but it's one thing to talk and one thing to kind of go out there on the court and just, you know, kind of man up and show what you could really do. Yes. So, you know, yeah. so Puerto wants to play, uh, you know, we want to see that. Spurs fans want to see that. Just go out there and play. You just let your play do the talking.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, and he's going to have his his time to shine, you know, over here at the Orlando Bubble. Uh, pretty soon probably in the next what two weeks i believe play is going to kick off here they have their first scrimmage game they got three three scrimmage games then after that in the month of august i believe it's august the second is when they tentatively start their first regular or season game from the nba restart Uh, so they have an eight game schedule Uh, we'll see if they can play all eight games i'm still up in the air about that. You know how I feel about that, Jonas. We think that it, they might not even yeah, make the whole. Yeah,
4: we won't in on that one, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, if let's let's just look at the center issue hold, of hold the Spurs, on, right? Jonas, specifically my, at the center position. Hold on, Jonas, uh, Trey Lyles this week comes out and says he's happy with his role in the Spurs. He's, he, it's been everything he hoped it and was told it would be. Um, you know, obviously that when you go from being a backup at your old team to a starter in your new team. Uh, yeah, you know that's a little bit of an improvement. But do you guys think that um, the Spurs can afford to lose Jakob Pertle? We don't know what we have in Zeller yet, uh, because he hasn't played as of late. Uh, but do you think that the team with LaMarcus's contract being done after 2021, Trey Lyles is I think is up after 2021 as well, because he was just a two-year deal. Um, you have Drew Eubanks. His contract is up. His two way is up this year. Uh, Chemezi Metu, he can be cut and saved money. Um, but his contract is up next year, uh, at the end of this coming season anyway. Uh, Jakob can go and Zeller can be gone. The only, the only big that we really have on the roster beyond two years, uh, is one Luka Shamanich, who, who needs to finish, you know, a hearty diet. Um, <laughs> To, to add some size, what do you guys see the Spurs can do at the center position? we're not known for getting free agents down here. Uh, draft process takes about two years. What what do you guys think?
2: Honestly, what my heart is telling me, and this is one of the things. Well, that we're gonna... Yeah,
4: I think you're gonna have to build from within.
3: A, a guy like Portal, uh, it w- yeah, it would be a shame to kind of see him, um uh, you know, step away. But I don't think you got a guy unhappy like that. I just don't think... It doesn't do the team... It, it, is, it doesn't do good for both sides to try and um, make him happy if he's not going to be happy. It doesn't work out for the Spurs. It doesn't work out for the player. Just kind of let him go and seek what he wants to do. If it gets to that point, depending on how it works out with Orlando. Um, with the LA situation, you know, shoulder, he's already... You know, he's kind of beaten down. He's not the same player. He, he, You know, he obviously that he once was. Uh, with Eubanks, I think you still got a couple of options. So... Aside from Porto, I think the Spurs will be alright. We don't get a lot of free agents down here. But I just you know, NBA is a business, you just kinda gotta make with what you got and go and go from there with the processes and more importantly, uh do your job as an organization to get these guys to buy into the product and to the Spurs way.
4: I hear you, Joe.
2: Yeah, you know, I I kinda think that um my heart tells me that we might have
4: lost Joe there. Uh, but I think we're coming up to, you know, it's a kind of a wait and see game as, as to how the Spurs want to approach um, that center position. Obviously, you know, we're, we're looking a little bit ways down the road um, how this can all turn into a really rough situation. I'd like to see the Spurs match any offer on Pirtle. Uh, they've got a lot of decisions to make as far as the young guys, but I think that as far as a center moving forward, a guy who moves as well in the, in the pick and roll. No, he doesn't space the floor like a typical stretch five can in the NBA. He does, still does a great job at clearing the lane for our scorers. I think it's worth the investment. Hopefully, Pop can get him some playing time and turn his feelings around. Purple being my favorite player. Um, you know, I love, I, I want, I want to buy his jersey, right? I want to buy a Purple jersey, but I'm not buying it. He sticks around, but I will settle for a card, which kind of moves brings us into our next topic, right? Uh this coming weekend, and we talked with uh with Rudy Campos Jr., uh, you know, who is not here with us on the show right now. He had to step away uh and do some work, but we wanted to be sure that we mentioned um and talked about the San Antonio Card and Collectible Show um out of the San Pedro event center uh, Saturday and Sunday. We'll get into the hours here uh, in just a second, but you know we're talking about Purtle, my favorite player. I like to collect the memorabilia on my favorite players. I got some items here to show you guys if you're interested. Um, but uh, oh, that I want to try to get out, get out there and find a Purtle card because I don't have one yet. Uh, do you guys uh, do you guys collect? I want to hear from you guys. What what do you have memorabilia wise? Uh, what have you had? If you sold it. Let's let's talk about some of our favorite items and stuff like that. I want to hear, well, do you guys collect? What do you got?
2: Well, I used to collect years ago, but I kind of got out of that. But I was collecting hot and heavy there in the 90s, especially, you know, the, all the, the hoops and the, and the upper deck, you know, Fleer, you know, Skybox. So I have tons nice. of those cards. I got several holograms. I had a David Robinson hologram. Um, I also had a uh, Michael Jordan hologram. Um you know, I had a whole bunch of them, uh, some from the one of the Indiana Pacers. I forgot the name of the center. It eludes me now. But the center that they had in the, the 90s that actually uh, I, I had him. I forgot. I don't remember what his name was, man. It eludes me. But I have his hologram as well. Um, and I have a lot of just, you know, Sean Camp. You know, you have Gary Payton, you know, the Team USA, you know, the the Dream Team, you know, the first Dream nice. Team. I have some of those cards you know with the original dream team so i also have this one huge card it's it's a big card and it has uh, michael jordan and it says michael jordan on it it's a it's a big card it's about that big and i have some predictor cards uh, that came in the packs and you're supposed to send those in so you could get some other cards but the trick was is if you held on to those predictor cards they're worth money now because everybody was sending them in to get that said card that they made a lot of money. They, they had made a lot of them, right? So the predictor cards are worth more right. than the one that you sent in for free. So I kept some of those that have not been scratched off. So those are actually worth something because it, it, it completes the collection, so to speak, you know?
4: Nice. Now uh, I, heard, I heard you say you had a lot of these and then some you have. Do you still have like your uh, David Robinson uh, Admiral hologram card?
2: I have to look to see if I still have those or not because I did sell some of this stuff. Um, But I do have a bunch of cards. I have not only basketball, but I collected some football. I collected hockey. I also collected baseball cards. Um, Even comic cards, first edition Marvel comic cards that barely came out. I had the uh, Spider-Man and the Green Goblin holograms, some other holograms from them. Even some Star Wars cards I collected. I got some of those. So I I collected so a whole bunch of stuff. I collected these weird little bottle caps that they have a uh, uh they're made for for baseball collecting, right? So they have your oh, favorite yeah. player on them. They're little caps, you know, they have some of their stats on on it. I got some some little booklets uh from some of the greats, you know, that came through here, you know, Mickey Mantle and all them. Uh so I got some of those uh you know, they're they're not worth anything other than just, you know, it's a cool little booklet to flip through with the player stats kind of like a cheat sheet but it was cool nonetheless i said hey I, I gotta have this man so i collected all sorts of weird stuff i still have a lot of it though uh and i have a lot of comics that i collected i do have a lot of those first editions uh spider-man wow. i have first edition spawns um with the actual poster in it and the actual uh what do you call it like a little thing that you had to send away once you had so many uh you collected not only Spawn, but some of the other comics that came out from Image, and you would send those in so you could get, like, a free poster and stuff. So I, oh, I, nice. I didn't tear mine out. I kept them in there, so they're worth a little more.
4: Right on. Uh, you know, Joe, I think it's cool that you mentioned, you know, that you have you – when know, you dive into the nerddom, too. You got comics um, and extra items. The San Antonio Collect- Card and Collectibles show – uh you can buy, sell, trade. Uh, it's not just sports cards and memorabilia, but comics, toys, Pokemon, and much more. Orlando, uh, I want to hear what What do you have? What have you had? Uh, is there anything you're looking for? Do you do the nerddom too, or uh, tell, what do you collect? Um, you know, I used to
3: collect a lot of comics. I still do once in a while. Love me some good stories. Do a little writing myself. Um, so I got a lot of. DC stuff, uh, Marvel stuff, of course. Um, uh, they made a show about not the Walking, a couple of the Walking Dead stuff as well, and Ninja Turtle stuff as well. But nice. as far as uh, on the sports side, bunch of Cowboys and uh, a Spurs stuff. Um, fun story. Uh, been a couple Cowboys games and uh, Bill Bates. They do. Um, he, ha- he does a little local show out there in Dallas, in the Arlington area. Well, they do a tailgating thing. So I was able to get a Bill Bates bobblehead two years ago when I went to go see the Cowboys play the Bucks. It was around uh, December. And um, uh, I got a Bill Bates bobblehead. Uh, Charles Haley was there, which was pretty okay. fun. I was able to autograph a football, autograph a Cowboys jersey. Funny story, man. Uh, it was so exciting, you know, collect that Bill Bates bobblehead, see Charles Haley, big man, him with all his rings. And uh, the Cowboys were playing the Eagles. It was a game. Where Amari Amari Cooper torched the Eagles, so it was recently. Oh yeah, it was that game, and uh, well, this is obviously before the game started, and my dad's an Eagles fan. Don't ask how that oh, happened. Oh man, I'm, ask, uh-huh. oh, I'm a great Cowboys fan myself. Dad's an Eagles fan. This man has the guts to literally show up in the tent with the Eagles jersey. Charles Haley kicked him out of the tent. Oh, which put him in a weird spot. Cause that's my dad. It's like same time. You know what I mean? It's Cowboys Nation. Uh, so literally, it was, you know, you could tell that Charles Haley's a little intimidated guy, you know what I mean? He's a scary guy. Right. So, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that was a fight my dad was not going to win, so I'm glad <laughs> it didn't get that far.
4: I mean, Let <laughs> that. That,
3: that would have been on Barstool or TMZ or something. I
4: <laughs> But, um. That's awesome.
3: But, uh, got a couple of, uh, yeah, you know, Tony Romo bobbleheads, got a lot of ornaments, um. Cowboys and Spurs players, um, stuff like that. So uh, I haven't. Uh, I had. A, I got a big Derrick Rose poster. I need to find it to show you guys. Uh, Derrick Rose was one of my favorite players. You know, in my early twenties, growing up, and especially when he was in college. Uh, it's a shame. Well, you know what happened to him injury wise, but I still follow him, regardless of you know the team that he goes to. Uh, right. Pretty big poster that I that I have. Um, but um, as far as that, I've been looking more into collecting some MMA memorabilia. I haven't been able to start that collection, but I've been looking on getting that started. But um, definitely got some comics. Uh, I got that old school Batman vs. Predator comic, which I think is pretty cool. I, I like mm. showing that off sometimes. People come over. it's original one. It's not something that was reformatted, but um, definitely got stuff like that and uh, like the Charles Haley and Bill Bates bobblehead that I was able to get with Bill Bates there, stuff that I am proud to have.
4: Nice, man. That's awesome um yeah i would love to see a couple of those things and actually joe it looks like you've got something you just pulled down yeah i just uh, pulled
2: down this uh one my uh my cousin gave me this it's like an uncut card sheet and nice. it has the what what year was this one i think it was the 07 yeah it was the 07 spurs nba championship uh upper deck uncut sheet and it has like Manu Ginobili on it, and it had Bruce Bowen, James White. It has Fabi- Fabrizio Alberto, and even has your buddy the Coyote there, Jonas, if you can see it.
4: <laughs> yes, sir. Nice. So, yeah. man. Um,
2: my cousin gave me this, and I always hang it up here in the office, you know, just for the heck of it. But you all should see what I did with uh, the fake number two's uh, likeness on a little uh, plaque that they gave me. My cousin gave me for the 2014 NBA championship. Uh, huh? I had these little ghost stickers from Pac-Man, you know, the game Pac-Man. Right, so yeah. I ghosted the fake number two. I put the stickers yeah. on ah, every ah, sing- ah. on his face on every single scene that that he shows up in. So when you oh, all you gotta... come back into the studio and take a look, you're going to see the ghost face on, on the fake number two.
4: Dude, you might have to pop that out on Twitter and show everybody that. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah um so again you know we're just talking, kind of talking about memorabilia stuff san antonio card and collectible show going on this weekend um 10 o'clock in the morning on saturday and sunday we did talk with rudy Campos jr who uh is you know he's and down toys. in
0: yeah
4: he's down in that whole world you know unfortunately he couldn't join us for this segment um in here an hour or two uh to finish out the show but you know uh, buy sell trade sports cards comics toys pokemon and much more five dollar admission uh typically it's, these are cash, um, cash admission events, free parking door prizes. Uh, they're not paying for time guys. This is just something that I think is really interesting that, uh, you know, half of, you know, half a sports fandom is a lot of it. It's collecting, you know, yeah. we talked earlier in the show about going out to the missions and grabbing that free Jersey this weekend. You know, are you, who, uh, who's doing that? Who's not doing that? Um, which, and I'll show you guys a couple of, uh items that i snagged at the last show here in town if we still have time at the end of the show but speaking of you know going out to the chocolates game and picking up jerseys um we're gonna take a break here and uh here coming up but when we come back from the break um we're gonna get back into that and really talk about some of the events coming through town before the end of the summer uh we had the twitter poll uh, that ended right at the start of hour two here um, you know, are you attending events this summer? We're gonna look at some events still on the calendar here in San Antonio um, that if you voted, hell yeah, you know that you're still going, uh, these are some events that you might buy, be buying tickets for. Um, you know this is the Friday night takeover. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Friday night takeover streaming live and on demand via Friday night takeover on Facebook and YouTube or at puro sports sa on twitter and twitch gotta go off video go to FridaynightTakeover.com on your pc or mobile device for an audio only streaming experience catch the show on demand next day on itunes google podcasts spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts
2: And we are back. And this is Joe Garcia of the Friday Night Takeover, here with Orlando Torres and Jonas Clark. And we're going to be back here for our last segment of today's show. So we were just talking a little bit, uh, well, if you saw in the last segment, we were talking about cards, collectibles, and things that we collect. You know, whether it be memorabilia, sports memorabilia, collectible cards, or even diving into a little bit of geekdom, you know, with some of these cards you know toys comics things like that that some of us here collect so jonas you were actually telling me or was it you you or was orlando uh you were we're going to be talking about this alamodome fight and we're also going to be talking about will you be attending a sporting event you know for the rest of the summer is that something that not us only but our fans will they be attending any sporting events? So that's that's something to really think about, given the state of things right now with San Antonio and the spiking numbers of the COVID nineteen cases. I know that we had hinted earlier in the seg earlier in the show, me and Jonas had went to a, a Spurs watch party, I believe in the month of June, and it was yeah. really well done. We felt safe, but again, Jonas alluded that if, you know, too that if he knew what he knows now, he probably wouldn't have gone.
4: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's one of those things that just hindsight's 2020, you yeah. know, we were, um, it looked like we were coming out of it at that time. And, and, you know, if you want to, if you want to take the situation of the bars and everything and, and look at how the open, how, when we continued to open things up, that was kind of one of the first things that started, right. Was those outdoor events of a certain number of people, and then we progressed from there. So, looking back, I probably want to do that again. But yeah, Joe, like you're saying, man, we got some big events coming up here this summer um, that tickets are still available for. We asked everybody on the Twitter poll, you know, um, are you going to, you know, with, with the rise in cases and, and sports returning in America, um, you know, not just regionally, but nationally, and uh, as well as here, here in the city. Um, You know, are you going to be buying tickets for any of these things? Just a couple that I want to run through. You know, you look at um, the Alamodome fight. I think it's Eddie Garcia, right? It's supposed to be out there August 1st. Uh, Tickets are still available for that. Orlando, I'm going to lean on you here really quick, man. You still haven't heard anything about that canceling, right? I haven't. Um,
3: I have heard some stuff that it could be looking to get postponed. There was supposed to be a boxing event actually this weekend in Houston uh, that was going to air on ESPN. That has been postponed by the Texas Commission due to the rising cases of COVID. Um, So uh, it wouldn't surprise me that Eddie Garcia fights get postponed. Um, I hope not. But then again, um, I don't know what the protocols are going to be for the Alamo Dome and how they're going to deal with the fans. I was already looking at the tickets, like if I was going to purchase tickets to see where the boxing was going to be. And... Not even the whole dome was going to be open. It was literally just going to be like a quarter, uh, maybe half of the dome for the fight. Wow. So I don't know. That was part of their plan to, not, you know, not to have so many people in, or maybe to like make it look like it was more full, which also plays into that. But um, I wouldn't doubt if it does get postponed. But at the moment, there's no official word.
4: That's really interesting about the amount of tickets available. Um, you know, we talked about the uh, SAFC. You know, you you mentioned earlier in the show you know, that they still haven't quite opened up on what they want to do. Um, Joe, I know you spent a lot of time at the Alamo Dome a couple weeks back. We talked about the survey coming that they had out for UTSA fans. I mean, even as a media member, you've covered UTSA recently with Project Spurs. Uh, Would you even feel comfortable going as a media member, not even paying for tickets?
2: It would just depend, you know, on on the protocols. I'd have to actually hear what what they have lined up, you know, how are they going to practice safe social distancing because if they only allow, you know, let's say even 50% capacity in the media room, I mean, when you're in there, you know it's packed, it's jam packed. So if you only have 50% capacity, I mean, it, it as a it's not even worth going at that point, you know, because you're not going right. to have fans in the stands, period. You can't have that fan reaction. And then Not only that, but I would feel bad going knowing that somebody else is missing out because I'm taking that seat. You know, where in the past you would go in there and you would sit down in the media area and you were there with amongst your peers. You know, everybody there is covering for their respective outlets. This kind of changes the dynamic entirely. You can still cover the game without being there, even though it's it's, you're not going to have access to all the information, you know, all the, the latest updates that they have there. But if you follow the game online and you look at the stats and you know the other places to look at all the latest information, you can still do a good job of covering the game. And honestly, you know, with today's times, I'd probably feel safe just covering the game in the comfort of my own home because I don't want to be a danger to others out there because heaven knows if you even have it or not. You just never know, you know?
4: Right. And I guess, you know, let's go ahead and weigh in before we run out of time here. uh, Get a final answer going around the horn. Uh, We'll have to have Rudy weigh in on Twitter or something here, uh, just to get his official. But
2: um, I'll send him a text. (laughs) (laughs) There you
4: you go. While while you're texting Rudy, Orlando, um, you know, are you uh, are you going to a sporting event? As you know, are you buying? Let's let's stick this with buying tickets because the average person out there too uh, is talking about buying tickets. Twelve dollars for a Champs game. Uh, even if it's twenty dollars for an Alamodome fight, are you going? Are you buying tickets for any event this summer?
3: This summer, no. I think it's just too soon. I will be playing it uh, by ear because you know, getting closer to the fall, going to see a baseball game. You know what I mean? Just that weather, like you, you can't. You, you you hate to miss out on that, but at the moment with everything going on, I'm holding back and I'm just enjoying it from either the radio play by play or on TV, however I can.
4: I hear it. Uh, Joe, I feel like we kind of got a hint at what what you're feeling, but let's go ahead and and, and, uh, put a nail in it. Are you buying tickets for any events this summer?
2: This summer, I'd probably have to say, I'm just going to probably wind up playing it safe. The only thing that I would consider buying a ticket for would be going to check out the San Antonio FC, you know, um, to me, that's uh, something that I, I'm passionate about. I love soccer. I love watching soccer. And if, like I stated, if the Spurs do a great job like they did with that watch party, I would heavily consider going. But more than likely, I'm just going to sit this one out until, you know, the cases start to dwindle down because the spike is not going away. It seems like it gets worse and worse every other day. So I think playing it safe is the way to go for me but just because I have – you know, a family. I have children. I got a wife that's on the front lines going in and doing her thing every day over at Methodist, Hos- Methodist Hospital because she is a nurse. So I, I always have that in my the back of my head, not just thinking about me right. specifically, but the other people that I, I can affect, you know?
4: Exactly. No, nah, I hear it. And while we wait to hear back from Rudy, we'll see if he can squeeze his take here. And before the, we wrap the show, guys, you know, um, well, I want to say that, you know, there might be a stipulation that I might go ahead and, and, and attend an event. I'm going to go ahead and say no as well for myself. Um, I don't see myself attending anything this summer. The fall uh, might be a stretch. I'm kind of with the Orlando, there as well, you know, where it's just like we'll, we'll see how it comes. But right now, I just really don't think that we're going to get it in there. Um, you know, we still want to hear from you. Our Twitter poll is already closed, but you can let us know. You know, at Puro Sports SA on Twitter. Um, you know, leave a drop a comment uh, on the bottom of the on the poll and let us know if, you know how you're still leaning on it. Um, at uh, Friday night uh, Friday night takeover on Facebook, and you can also hit us up at Puro Sports SA on uh, Instagram as well. Weigh in, let us know. We still want to hear from y'all. Um, have we heard from Rudy yet? Has he weighed in? I know he's no, busy. With he hasn't.
2: Work. He hasn't yet. I texted him, but he hasn't. He's probably busy. He's probably in transit right now. He's driving, picking up some All stuff right. from work, you know, so he's busy doing his thing. But I'd like to give a quick shout out, a shout out if we could, to hey. Kendo Castaneda. You know, Kendo Tremendo Castaneda. Local fighter here was featured on ESPN's top rank boxing uh Tuesday. He did great, you know, against his opponent, Jose Cepeda. He's a uh, top three, you know, <laughs> ranked top three in his division. And I think, uh, you know, Kendo did a, a great job of, you know, being in the ring and, you know, staying in there. He he finished the full 10 rounds. And I think he showed that, you know, he belongs in the ring with some of the best. And I look for great things out of a nice, you know, well-rounded fighter that we have here in San Antonio, when Kendall Castaneda, so uh, just a shout out to him, and you know, regardless of what happened, you know, the outcome of the fight, we're still proud of the effort that he put forth.
4: Nice man, couldn't agree more. Oh, we
2: did get a a, a reply from Rudy. <laughs> oh, okay, Let's here we it. go. Rudy Last says, "Last minute, there we go." I'm all for it as long as the safety measures are put in place for everyone's protection. So, Rudy would actually go if if the safety was. You know, up to his standards.
4: Oh,
3: he wants to go see his Giants, so I kind yeah. of I, I know where he's coming from.
2: <laughs> he wants to go I, to Houston.
4: I oh, yeah. hear it, man. You know, it's going to be one of those things. To, we're all going to have to gauge our individual situation. I trust, you know, I trust Rudy. He's going to go ahead and he's going to use protection. Everybody out there use protection. Uh, when you're out there in public, it is a, it is still a transmitted disease, COVID. Even though it's not pregnancy or an STD, uh, it's still transmitted when we're out there and not uh, not taking care of ourselves and protecting ourselves. So I think that's gonna go ahead and do it, guys. You know, um, th- thank you for listening to another Friday night takeover, allowing us to take over your Friday night. You know, shout out to @beatamone on Twitter, beatamone. You know, of along the wire great segment right out of the gate with uh with the west campus coach uh as they bring back the football program over there Uh, awesome conversation with everybody here on the show guys we'll do it again next
2: week yeah yes sir we'll be here next week same time only thing is i'm just gonna let the listeners know next week when they go live i will not be here because i will be on vacation with my family yes i I'm, i'm finally gonna get out of the house and get out of san antonio and do something so I'm quite excited about that but make sure you guys tune in, support Jonas, support Orlando and Rudy Campos Jr. So with that, we're out. Peace y'all be careful. Have a great weekend and please make sure you like, follow and share uh the, you know, find us at Boodle Sports SA on Twitter. So with that said, we're out. Have a good weekend.